Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. There's a Twitter thread on my account about Ray Pruitt. How brilliant was that? <laughs> One D. We had a little bit of fun with it in the pre-show meeting as we sit here in the Geico Studios watching, well, stars of stage and screen and Ooh. crazy upsets in the college basketball world. Yeah. And then, well, well no, no. there is a story across the college football land that makes Ray Pruitt relevant. One T. One T. Ray Pruitt. One T. Tennessee has their new head coach. It's Ray Pruitt. Allegedly. Donna Martin's former boyfriend. Then he was really bad to her. He was really bad. It did not end well for him. Slept with Valerie. Valerie loves me. You know, hey, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I I, I can't say I blame the guy. And now he's the head coach at Tennessee. It really escalated quickly, didn't it? Yeah. Can we have a little little bit of Ray Pruitt? Can we hear a little bit of Ray Pruitt here? uh, Because he's the new head coach at Tennessee now. Alex Teicher, can we get a little Ray Pruitt in? Uh, we we got to find the, a the best story. of Ray Pruitt. Tennessee has gone now one for eight on hiring head coaches. Well, because, but they're on a winning streak. They're one yes. for their their last one. Tennessee's Tennessee's batting average on hiring head coaches is like my batting average in high school trying to get dates. Hey, I'm one for eight. Oh, I'll dig that. You miss a hundred percent of the shots no, you don't take. I am the I am the Juan Lagaris of high school dating. Keep swinging. There it is. Here's oh, Ray there Pruitt. It is. Yeah, give a little bit of Ray Pruitt. 
We all know this. Playing though. the guitar. Ray Pruitt's a new head coach at Tennessee. Now, I make this reference on Twitter because Jeremy Pruitt, defensive coordinator at Alabama, is about to be named the next head coach at Tennessee. Oh, by the way, how do you feel if you're T. Martin? Still? You don't call me? I won the All I wanted was a lousy letter or a call. You know, I won a title. Peyton went, Manning won nothing. He won the year after Peyton. The entire fan base wanted T. Martin. T. Martin. T. Martin. No. But now they have their head coach, and it's Ray Pruitt. And they have their head coach, and it's Alabama defensive coordinator Jeremy Pruitt. Again, sources saying they're close to agreeing, and it's just about a done deal. But, you know, whenever you hear Pruitt, obviously, all right, you and I think of Greg and Mike Pruitt, but then we think of Ray Pruitt with I'll be honest, one T. Ray Pruitt, one T, trumps well, yeah. them all. Yeah, who he really jumps to the front of the line. Uh, Jamie Walters yeah. this, did this song, How Do You Talk to an Angel? And we got to hear a little Hold On, too, because Hold On is one of my favorite songs in the 90s. Oh, this one I could just jam out in the car, too. You know, it peaked at number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100. This is such a good song. I don't know what, but I think this is a better song than Jeremy Pruitt will be a How Tennessee head coach. How about this? His self-titled debut album sold over a million t- copies. That's pretty good. You do that now? You're a super-duper Second star. album sold was certified gold. And then after roughing up Donna Martin on the uh, show, that, that, that hurt. Yeah. Fans never forgave him for the fictional character he portrayed on 90210. And, and no, he left the, 90s, the show to focus on his music career. He had some good songs. This is a great song. And at last we saw, he was working as a paramedic and working with the L.A. County Fire Department. Oh, man, if he had to show up at my house and he had, to, he had to revive me, I would say, just sing Hold On With Me. Just sing Hold On With Me, Ray Pruitt. <laughs> Will you revive me at my house and make me see you? Tell me what it was like when you slept with Valerie. You broke some pumpkins at Donna's house, <laughs> threw them down, and she got really mad. Oh, the pumpkins. And then they wrote you out of the show real fast. It's too soon, bro. Hold on, because <laughs> you'll be the coach of Tennessee. Stay in your lane. All you got to do is wait for ask everybody else. Yeah. Ray Pruitt with one T. And now there's a huge thread going on in my Twitter account about Ray Pruitt's character from 902. How many people are going to recount their best Ray Pruitt moments? (laughs) You know, when he would sneak off from the construction site Uh, and he'd sit down by that big tree (laughs) and be off by himself. (laughs) You know, be singing to himself. I got to be honest. Jamie Walters is a real, like his songs are good. He's had very famous songs. He was a horrible actor. I mean, you, how I many to, guys get to do both well, song. though? I used to do my, I used to have a Jamie Ray Pruitt impression. You ready? This is my, oh, boy. This is my Ray Pruitt impression. Why am I not shocked? Tyshard's just shaking his head. No, here it is. Donna, I love you. That was my Ray Pruitt. That's good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Master thespian here on a Wednesday night inside the Geico studio. But the story is Jeremy Pruitt, Alabama defensive coordinator, Phil Fulmer, who hates Alabama with every core of his being, says, uh, I got to go get the Alabama D.C. to get it because he'll at least say yes. Finally, they get someone to take this job. And it's an embarrassing search is over, but at least Phil Fulmer went one for one. The one guy he asked, and that's how this is how you prove and t- tell everybody we are not a clown car. I told you, Tennessee is a bad job. 
It's a bad job. It's not a good one. People think it's a good job. It's not. Any college football job in which you have an unrealistic fan base, unrealistic boosters, and a situation where you are brought in to be fired, don't take that job because you're never going to succeed. And one of the big things is that when you are looking for a head coach and many people tell you no, it's embarrassing. It's emasculating. You can't, you, you can't be a big boy college or a big boy university and have people respect you if you go 0 for 7 in trying to get people. Can't the best it. schools, when Notre Dame is hiring somebody, when the Yankees are hiring somebody, you hear one name. Hey, it's if for, when the Yankees hired Aaron Boone, we'll have stuff on Aaron Boone coming up later on this hour. It was, hey, it's Aaron Boone or Hensley Mullins. It's Aaron Boone. And it was that fast. To be when fair, Notre though, Dame they did talk somebody, to like Notre nine Dame guys. Yeah, but that's fine. But, 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 but word got out. They didn't make any offers. the job, Aaron Boone's got the offer. And the, the offer, Yankee fans didn't coach. show up and, and paint the side of Yankee Stadium and tell him to beat it. Yeah. And, and moving on that way. But we certainly had enough. Let's have conversations with a ton of people, most of whom had no managerial experience. So there and the was conversations that piece, is one we'll thing. get to that. But it's, it's, when, it's when you offer and someone says no. And we made this offer and then, no, I'm going to stay here. That's embarrassing. Well, the one that, that really showed, took that it out, you, right? It's an awful job. But like, the, the Shiano was one thing. Like, that's just a whole other side of fans and social media and writers and, and networks and everybody getting involved and then how things turn there. And then you had the Gundy offer that really changed, the A, the price of poker. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, wow, look at that. They're talking $7 million a year job. In the end, looks like Pruitt, two T's is going to end up at 4.1 to 4.3 is the report uh, on an annual basis. But you, you look at just how much they expanded the search, went big game hunting, got turned back down, and now you, you, you have a guy with pedigree, three national titles under his belt as a position coach and as a coordinator. You look at him as from all that you hear from the Alabama websites and programs like look this is a guy that was really big in Nick Saban's recruiting and and a guy big in terms of trying to set what what you'd call set the tone and and face of your your program so if that helps to weaken Alabama and you get a guy who can at least put forth that level of stability that you're anticipating all right we may not get to that top of the mountain in three years but we got a guy who helps us build the foundation because based on where they at, they're at now, they cratered it, and now you've got to start from from ground up. It's a bad job. They finally got somebody, which is awesome, but it's a bad job. Nothing tells you more that it's a bad job when people start telling you no. People when Phil Jackson, I got Steve Kerr. Wait, he told me no. Okay, when people tell you no, you know it's a bad job. Hello, you know there's Phil. Phil, you woke him up. Then, well, you brought back a very painful point in his life because that job search. Look what that did to the NBA. Okay, Okay, let me just let me just. Steve Kerr's the smartest man alive. Phil, the Knicks won tonight. They're back at five hundred. Yes, picked up. I know, Phil. Go back to sleep, Phil. The Knicks won. All right, very good. You woke him up. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca live from the Geico Studios, where fifteen minutes can save you fifteen percent or more in car insurance. More info visit geico.com. Meanwhile, two things we have told you repeatedly about the NBA, and they're coming true, especially tonight. Number one, what did we tell you a night ago? 
Steph Curry's going to be out a couple of weeks. What's going to happen? Nothing was going to happen. They're going to go unbeaten because they're going to play the same without Steph Curry as they would with him. Kevin Durant went for 35-11-10 tonight, and the Warriors rolled 101-87 over Charlotte. You can take anybody out of this team during the regular season, and Golden State won't miss a beat. Everybody is replaceable. They have great players. The system is the true star. The system's a star because Steph Curry went from being a guy scoring 22 points a game to now, oh, Steph Curry's the MVP of the league when he was 28 years old. Steph Curry is a system quarterback. It's a great system, and it's a great team, but he is a system quarterback. They would win like this without Kevin Durant, without Draymond Green, without Steph Curry. During the regular season, these guys are eminently replaceable. You know, I think the guys in the Bay Area have open phone lines if you want to call in. I'm still waiting for my KMBR interview. Maybe you just crashed the set. They want to rip me and then suddenly, oh, it's quiet about it. It's quiet uptown. It's quiet (laughs) upstate now ever since I've been proven right about my Steph Curry Is he right? Of course I am. And we told you about the Cavaliers. Doom and gloom the first five games of the season. It was, oh, the Cavaliers are in trouble. What's going to happen? They're not playing well. They can't solve this. And everybody wanted to go to hot take theater over the Cleveland Cavaliers and that, oh, yeah, they're really in trouble. They're not going to solve their problems. No, uh, here's what the Cavaliers did tonight. Heald will launch a drifting three. He missed it, and this game is over. The Cleveland Cavaliers have tied a franchise record with consecutive win number 13 as they grind it out tonight and knock off the Kings by the final of 101-95. Cavs Radio Network, so are we done with the hot takes on the, on the end of the Cavs? And oh, by the way, Isaiah Thomas is still coming soon. Are we done? Are we done with the silliness and stupidity that we saw from people the first week and a half? Because I got to have a hot take about the Cavaliers. Oh yeah, they're done. It's so damn hot. They they've been to every final since LeBron James was born. They're fine. They, LeBron James goes to the finals every year. You want to get nervous? Wait till the conference finals when they play against the Boston Celtics. That's when you can get nervous again. When you go to the finals every single year, you're going to start slow. Everybody's going to start slow. Even the Warriors have started but slow. But it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's going to happen because you have to work up to it. You're not ready for the start because you know where we're going to be. It's hard. It was just a bad couple of games, and we knew they were going to be fine. Oh, now they're 5-4 and four and 5-5 five and 5-6, five and 0-7 no, and 6-0 oh and 7-7. And oh and yeah. The, oh, wait. Now they're 18-7. and seven. Oh, well, uh... Yeah, well, forget what I just said two and a half weeks ago. No, I'm sorry, but you just everybody was just looking for a hot take. Many people, and I can point them out everywhere on social media and on big places where, oh, look at all the hits I got because I said the Cavaliers were, uh, you know what? No, all they needed was a couple, and we said, just wait, they will be absolutely fine. And now they're more than fine, and oh, by the way, Isaiah Thomas is coming back soon, so now you're going to get the stories from the same people that said they were done at 5-5, five and five, they're going to say, will the Cavaliers be unstoppable once Isaiah Thomas gets back? Oh, oh that's it. Once, the, the and that's what been the written. story's going to be. Right. The script's been written that way. So they've got content and, and a content plan that is just foolproof at this point in time. And then you have the other side of whether Derrick Rose comes back and can be a meaningful contributor off the bench. Like That's one of the only things of intrigue. Otherwise, we're in the first week of December. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, Steph Curry's injured. The Warriors will keep winning games. As long as he's healthy for the playoff stretch, all these other guys deeper in the rotation will have gotten extra minutes. Likewise, Cavaliers get to do a bunch of tinkering with the lineup and lineup decisions and their rotations to get right 
and ready for the big stretch of the three-month postseason. For now, it, it really doesn't matter. I didn't expect them to go off on the run that they're doing right now. I figured that was going to be after LeBron at least took his two-week vacation later on this month or early January. But right now, they're absolutely rolling. you got five guys coming up with big-time point production. James, one assist shy of a triple-double. Yeah, I'm fired up. Give, give me some more Jamie Walters. Calm me down a little bit. Give me All right. He's fired up about that. Calm me down. Give me a little bit of... All right. Listen how soulful he is. All right. Feeling okay now. I'm back down now. Things are all good. This is going to be perfect for the slide over baby hour later. Oh, Jamie Walters in the oh, show in the yeah. last hour of the show? Oh. oh, yeah. This is one of Pam and I's songs, too. How about when that? When we first started dating, this is one of our songs. Yeah. Jamie pop, Walters. Pop in the A-track later. Yeah. And, uh... Ray, Ray the pumpkin guy. There you go. <laughs> No, it's you ever recreate the no, pumpkin no, thing? We met in the nineties, not in the seventies. You ever recreate the pumpkin thing? No. Watch oh, this! I'm going to be the bad guy. Ah. A No, Pam and I weren't in a car in vinyl seats, listening to "Bat Out of Hell," doesn't, making out. No, there, no sex. Doesn't mean wasn't what was. No, happening. there wasn't. Doesn't mean that you didn't have a used car that had an A-track player in it. Coming up next, evidence that NFL owners are absolutely out of their minds. I'm very, very excited Tim, it's not about you, Tim. I'm so excited. No, it's not you. It's Ray Pruitt with one T. It's the Jason Smith Show with Michael Harmon here on Fox Sports Radio. Tennessee hired Ray Pruitt to be their new head coach. Now people are mad on Twitter because they think I was being serious. You know that stuff that he did with Donna? Stop bringing up the bad stuff he did with Donna. But if if he did, that would be... He'd probably lose the job. He wouldn't get to stay. He was a fictional character. <laughs> was a fictional but in the character. vetting process, that would he have was... eliminated him from consideration. It's too soon, bro. Um, Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, live from the Geico Studios. <laughs> we talked about Jeremy Pruitt, Alabama defensive Forever. coordinator. Getting the head coaching job at Tennessee. They are finalizing things right now. So Tennessee goes one for eight, finally gets a guy to say yes. You go to the prom with me? No. How about you? No. What about you? No. You. No. You. No. You. No. You. No. You. No. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'll go. But now they're on the yes movement. And what if that was the home run that sealed a big comeback victory? What if that was the one completion like Tim Tebow? <laughs> Where you catch I'm a so wide excited. receiver streaking into Stop. the defensive secondary and he runs 80 yards for a score. That's the only pass he completed. First and foremost, it worked for him. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, there are people on Twitter who think when I said the Tennessee hired Ray Pruitt, who was a fictional character from 90210, played by Jamie Walters, that I wasn't doing my research and I got um, things wrong. Oh my bleeping God! <laughs> pre-game concerts for boosters. Hey, 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 can I sing the Can You Talk to an Angel with You before the game instead of the National Anthem? <laughs> Do your research. How about, that? How about that? That becomes the new standard. And Luke Perry is now the new offensive coordinator for Tennessee. <laughs> what about you, Sideshow Luke Perry? Now, dating can be difficult. So if you're not using match, you're missing out. I mean, maybe that's how Ray Pruitt and Valerie Malone got together. Although now Valerie just is like, hey, yeah, I want to cause controversy. I'm conniving. I'll have sex with you. Start searching, connecting for free today at Match.com. That's Match.com, 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 M-A-T-C-H.com. And now they're banging each other. Valerie Malone was a saint. Oh, I love Val. Oh, my God. 
Suddenly, Tiffany Amber Thiessen went from being Tiffany Amber Thiessen to, oh, my God, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. But then she was just Tiffany Thiessen. Like, I'm getting rid of the Amber because Amber is like, oh, it's cute and you're 16. No, Tiffany Thiessen is like, I'm Tiffany Thiessen. Met her once. Cool as hell. Yeah. And I love her her cooking show. All right. What was her show? Like, four guys, a girl, and a, and a pizza Two place? guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Okay. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, Ryan Reynolds, who's going to be Pikachu. Right? How brilliant is that? Is Ryan okay, Reynolds so you, be, you tweeted be about this before, right? It was, what was the name of the thing? Uh, Ryan Reynolds, hang on. Ryan Reynolds is going to do a movie now. It just got announced. It's big on Twitter. Yeah. And it's going to be called Detective Pikachu. Okay. He's doing a movie called Detective Pikachu. Okay, that's fine. Because here's what it's going to be. That sounds worse than the Emoji movie. Detective I haven't seen Pikachu, the Emoji movie. It was all Emoji. Was, it was like, let's take Inside Out and like take the very first version of the script, and we're going to make it into a movie. Did it make any money? Uh, yeah, people I'm sure it did. It. Yeah. And the merchandising probably did pretty yeah. well, especially when you add a poop emoji. You know, you're going to sell a lot of them because everybody likes to giggle. Poop like fest. Now, the, the fact of the matter is this. I would suspect that this is going to be one of those cartoon projects that is nice and innocent for the kids, but then it, if you're really drunk or high, then it's that much more enjoyable at midnight showings. No. It's going to be the emoji movie light. It's going to be, it's going to be, Ryan Reynolds, all he does is try to convince people, I'm a good actor, I'm a good actor, I'm going to do this, this Detective Pikachu movie. All right, go ahead. Finally, out of role, he was good in Why are you going to be, yeah. I'm just but saying. But it's something he championed. All he did. Think all about he, how many points he was able to keep you gotta off bring, You got to bring got something paid. else to the table. The guy's a good looking, he's a great looking dude. Maybe I mean, he's he is a great him. looking dude. But you got to be good at something else, like acting, if you're going to be an actor. Just saying. Well, he's on Family Guy. He was in the Crudes. Yeah, okay. Nothing that, you know, he was good in Deadpool. He, he, he was, was good in Deadpool. Green Lantern. Yeah, he was horrible in Green Lantern. It's not his fault. He was in Smoke and Aces. He was bad in that. He was not bad he's in that. Bad. He's bad. He was in, in Blade, everything. Blade Trinity. Bad in Blade. He was Berg Bergen in Two Guys, oh, A Girl, and a Pizza he Place. Was, oh, he's a horrible actor. Oh, you're an he's hateful terrible. individual. He's terrible. No, You're, not, just, and you're, you're just, just jealous of Pikachu. his abs. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. You're jealous of his abs and his hair. But it's just And like, now it comes just, across as just hate. It's just like in it's just like in football. You could be as athletically gifted as possible, but you have to be able to throw the football, run it, break up passes, get to the quarterback. You boy, look at how athletic you know. He you know who he is? He is the Vernon Golston of actors. <laughs> That's Ryan Reynolds. Wow, there's your That's Ryan Reynolds. You want to update Golston on the, actors. the resume, right? He was a top pick from Ohio Number State. Number six overall. And he was out of the league. Didn't even make it to the end of his rookie contract. Didn't even get a sack. He's a defensive end, especially was getting sacks. Didn't have a sack with the Jets his entire career. They didn't Ryan scheme right with him. The Vernon Golston. No, they didn't run a scheme to let him maximize his capability. Yoda's scheme should be, hey, get by a tackle once in a while and get to the quarterback. Well, and that was the thing. He was drafted when they had... Just that monster run of they drafted who? defensive interior linemen that were dominating. He should have had a free run. Instead, hey, waiting was really good, by the way. He uh, sounds sexy. No, no, no. Look, he's a great looking dude. He's a great looking dude. But he is the Vernon Golston of acting. Meanwhile, something that really I'm surprised at, but I can say I'm not surprised. Roger Goodell. Has a new contract to remain commissioner of the National Football League, a five-year extension worth $200 million over the life of the contract or about $40 million annually as long as owners approve all the bonuses and all the incentives are met. The new deal runs through the 2023 season. 
this is when I tell you that owners, this is why I want microphones and reality shows surrounding sports owners because they are the biggest, most out-of-touch people in the sporting world. All right, They're big business magnates. That's what they do. They treat their team like a business. And, oh, hey, look, look how great it is the owners down in the, in the locker room. Yeah, okay, because you know, you're winning a championship and it's exciting. It's publicity. Yeah, of course, the owner's down there. Owners are business magnates. That's what they care about. They care about the bottom line. They care about business. They care about profits. They are completely out of touch and tone deaf when it comes to many other things. Just look at any recent activity involving Jerry Jones, involving Daniel Snyder, involving Bob McNair, involving any owner who gets a microphone put in front of them and says things like, uh, the, I want me some glory. Hope. Well, no, not that. No, there is that. But there are things, the inmates running the prison. There is, you know, the late Bud Adams, you know, running around with a double middle finger. Oh, come on. You have Daniel you Snyder. You bring that up as a really terrible thing. Come you on. Have, that's, you have Daniel that's just Snyder a guy speaking his mind. Looking awful in the behind-the-scenes stories when Jerry Jones didn't want to give Roger Goodell a contract extension. Owners are out of touch, completely out of touch. Why did he get this contract? Because Arthur Blank and the other four or five owners decide he's making us money. Look at the last five years in the National Football League. And I'll tell you, this is a microcosm of America. Hey, you're failing at what you're doing. Hey, let's give you more time. In the last five years, we have seen ratings for the NFL decrease. Right? You, that, you can't cut it up. Ratings have decreased. To be fair, ratings for pretty much everything yes, have but decreased. Yes, but they have decreased. No, no, but, yes. but that, that gets lost in this. Yeah, I mean, have. a lot of just say yeah. it's the NFL. It's like, no, 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 no. The landscape of how things are consumed, measured, et cetera, has changed. But, but this is the commissioner to try to make sure, okay, the other ways the – sport is consumed need to be better the ratings are down the image of the nfl is the worst it's ever been worst it's ever been he can't have any kind of jurisprudence that goes unchallenged and roger goodell is a comical headline the nflpa hates him none of the players trust him none of the players like him all of these things have happened and Roger Goodell, they say, let's give him five more years. Why? Because he's made us money. At some point, you have to realize, all right, we have to look at our business at a bigger picture. You, it can't just always be about money because eventually you're going to say, boy, the money's gone down and I, what, what, I, I don't understand. We were making money. Yeah, look at all the things that are going on right now. Many other people could make you money. Roger Goodell doesn't have the Midas touch wealth. Without Goodell, we wouldn't make money. Like owners feel that if it wasn't Goodell and it was somebody else, like it was the comedian Gallagher, he would come in and smash watermelons and, oh, we can't make money. Many other people could make the NFL money. There are many smart people. And the NFL needs to have a future. And right now, with Roger Goodell, they don't. There is too much hate. There is too much bad imagery. He's not pulling the NFL out of anything. You've had a bad last five years, and the owners decide, let's give him more time because, well, we've all kind of made money. You have to look past that. And owners, like I said, they're out of touch and tone deaf. Here's some of their conversations about the anthems and about when, when we hear things from John Mara about, oh, I'd give Josh Brown another chance. And all those times... You heard that he was beating his wife, and, and you kept giving him chances. Really, Josh Brown kept getting chances. Way to go, John Mara. These are your owners. There are no bigger group of people out of touch in the world when it comes to NFL owners and what should be going on when you elect somebody or replace somebody. I'll throw one thing out here really quickly. Throw it out there. Is the fact that 
as soon as the Players Association reelected Demora Smith on a 14 nothing unanimous vote, they said Roger Goodell has owned this guy repeatedly. Let's put him up to bat again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? You're going to keep Demora Smith there. We're gonna, and now many players don't like D. Smith as well, and it's going to be the same people negotiating this next deal. Keep rolling it through. They're going to hate it. We'll have more on this. And, oh, by the way, already there are NFL players upset that Roger Goodell got his contract extension. We'll have that for you coming up in a minute. But right now, let's find out what's trending with a man finally back to work. Thank you. After realizing that reindeers are real. Yes, it's true. Tom Looney. Okay. Two upsets in college basketball's top 25 tonight. Unranked Loyola Chicago panhandled fifth-ranked Florida Gators. 65-59. Unranked Washington. Powdered in wig number two, Kansas. 74-65. Cleveland Cavaliers won again. Eight to shoot. Wasn't Tie easy, ball though. game. LeBron now between the circles, picked up by Randolph on the switch. LeBron to the top of the key to the foul line, down the lane, puts it high off the window, and banks it in to give the Cavaliers a 97-95 yeah, lead. a news flash of that LeBron James, pretty good. John Michael with the call from WMMS Cleveland Cavaliers, one of their 13th in a row. Cleveland gave Sacramento some Cavalier attitude, 101-95. LeBron James came this close to a triple-double. I know you can't see my fingers since this radio but LeBron came this close. 32 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. Kevin Durant had a real triple-double tonight. 35 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Warriors honked the Hornets. 101-87 Celtics won again. Boston did Dallas, 97-90. If you need more NBA scores, check out FoxSports.com. NFL Hall of Famer Warren Moon sued by his personal assistant for sexual harassment. The details are quite titillating. And now... Two of the top titillating talkers in America, Jason Smith and the new and improved Michael Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you, Mr. Looney. Alliteration is your strong point. That's right, damn it. We're live from Geico <laughs> Studios. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. So Roger Goodell gets his contract extension, which baffles me that the owners wanted to push him through so bad. I, I don't know if, if Roger Goodell knows the ones that are weak that he can push that he can push around, and Arthur Blank is one of those guys because he's at the head of the committee, but... Uh, a guy that just oversaw five years of decreasing everything in the NFL. Revenues, attention, image. Let's extend him? You're crazy. And once that got out, well, NFL players started to get really, really upset about it. Steelers safety Mike Mitchell, not very happy with many things in the NFL the last 24 to 48 hours. The fines on Juju Smith-Schuster, George Iloka for hard hits, on Monday Night Football, not happy with people calling him a dirty player, not happy with Roger Goodell getting a contract extension. So he held court in front of his locker today after practice, and this is one of the great rants in recent memory. Just sit back and listen. This is about a minute and 20 seconds of pure gold. This is football. If you want to see flag football, then let's take our pads off. That would make it easier for me because now I don't got to wear heavy but give us flags for me to pull off because that way I know what we're playing. You know, I signed up to play full-speed contact football, and we're not doing that. I feel like i got to ask a guy, hey, are you ready for me to hit you right now before I hit you? And that's crazy. I'm going to mess around and get hurt trying to protect an offensive player because he's running an over route. Damn it, your quarterback shouldn't have threw that ball messed up. That happened two years ago. That's I, I'm, I'm not joking at all. Andy Dalton threw a ball to Tyler Eifert two years ago. Tyler Eifert had to die for it. I was aiming for his gut. But if he don't dive, he don't get in the head. That's 50 grand out of my pocket, though, because Andy throws a bad ball. Make that make sense. And at first you're taking our money, but now, you know, I got 
like Matt Hasselbeck calling me a dirty player and uh, trying my character, and we've never met before. I donate more money to Cincinnati underprivileged kids than probably people on the Bengals. So don't give me that name. My nephew goes to school there, man. I take all that personally. If you don't know me, if you never had a conversation with me, don't judge us by what you see on football because football is my competitive side. You know what I'm saying? So it's just so much going on in the game right now. Yes, obviously I'm a little flustered, but I mean, we just got to do better. We got to do better. I said it yesterday. We got to do better as players when we sign the next CBA. We got to get better leadership as who's running the league because obviously everybody from fans, owners, players, all disappointed in Roger Goodell. Um, we just, we just got to do better. We can't have a guy where you just hand out discipline on how you see fit. There needs to be a set guideline of how we do what we do. Mike Mitchell, legend. Legend. Spitting fire. Legend. I mean, he covers flag football, getting fined, Roger Goodell, and that blankety-blank Matt Hasselbeck. <laughs> character character hits in terms Matt of Hasselbeck. who he is and what he's about, and we've certainly seen that, that it becomes this grand indictment on the, the man himself versus what happens in between the white lines of a football field. And with Roger Goodell, part of me always – just tries to think about the larger picture of what happened when he took over the commissioner's office that hadn't done anything, right? Mm-hmm. Tagliabue of the, hey, you're out of prison. You're able to walk upright. Whatever you're doing outside of the the locker room and everything else, as long as you can strap on the pads, go get it. And tried to clean that up. And it's a long, arduous, miserable process because no two cases are going to be the same. You're coming from a blank slate, so you're trying to write this book as you go. So there, there's you're getting blowback from the Players Association. Now, this was a terrible week for them on, on many levels. Yeah, sure. Right? The Gronkowski hit, we talked about it uh, when we hit the air on Monday. Just the fact that it became a one-game suspension when we're talking about safety and all these studies and everything on the morning shows and all, you know, nightline and everything else. Like, is football safe? Should your kid be playing safe football? Like, no. Here's this guy throwing a tantrum like a five-year-old where he starts getting all twitchy, and then he goes Hulkamaniac on a, on a player that's laying on the sideline. He gets one game, and then we have the Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, unnecessary roughness and taunting. But the suspension gets upheld one game. Aloka nearly takes Antonio Brown's head off on a play in the end zone. And his gets overturned because they're able to argue, okay, he changed the direction of his body, et cetera. And that's fine. Go through that argument. But the Juju Smith-Schuster being the same as Gronkowski's, that means we've learned this week that the NFL really takes taunting seriously. Mm -hmm. You do not look at your vanquished (laughs) opponent, no matter whether you pancake blocked him, whether you ran past him. You don't look at them and go, ah, 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 I got you. Otherwise, you're going to get a game. It's ludicrous. Outside of of that, this is one thing that Mike Mitchell needs to realize. The Jason Smith Show, Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, is that when you want to complain about hits and all all the money they're taking out of my pocket, all of this, what he has to remember and what all defensive players have to remember is you are playing a rigged game. The NFL is not for you. They are not for defensive players. The NFL, you think defense and the rules are going to be the same? It's not. If you don't like it, move to Russia. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. 
That's how it goes. The NFL is about offense and points on the board and fans watching and fantasy football and points on the board. Oh, by the way, did I mention points on the board? This is what the NFL is for. When there's less points on the board, there's less interest, and there's people walking away. My point about the SEC last night, when elite teams play, nobody scores points. It's boring. Less people watch. The NFL is not for you. If you play defense, you have to realize you are playing a rigged game, and all you can do is get the best for you, not equality with how things are called offensively and defensively because the league is completely for that side of the football. Anytime I see a guy like Ray Lewis, someone complain, oh, this this the defense here. Yeah, you know what? Sorry, you don't get it. It's not about defense. The league is not about it. They don't care about defense. They want offense. That's why they make the rules difficult for defense, because they want to be able to see points on the board. No, There's no rules that make things tougher for the offensive players. There's never been a rule making it tougher. It's, it's always tough for the defense. Why? Because there needs to be points on the board. I keep waiting to, for the day where offensive linemen can just clutch and grab. That's coming. It's coming soon. Just bear hug, guys. Coming soon. You'll get it. Joey Bosa coming off the edge. You know what? I'm going to give you a big, warm hug. Left tackle will be allowed to grasp, throw guys to the ground. It'll it'll happen soon. Blind side of the quarterback? Absolutely. We'll get it. All right. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Coming up next, we got more football coming up, but two big stories out of Major League Baseball. This is the Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio. Well, we're going deep already for holiday songs. It's the first night of holiday songs. Why wouldn't holiday, you go deep holiday. first? I, I, all right. Look, I'm expecting Grandma got run over by a reindeer, the barking dogs doing jingle bells. You know, it's, we're going deep right away. Do you know who I am? Alex Teichert is determined to have a B-minus night on the show tonight. It's working hard. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, and two big stories out of Major League Baseball today. Number one, it's not it's not about the Christmas donkey. Well, I mean, if you do the one story first, it is kind of like a Christmas jackass kind of story. Well, wasn't Nestor the Christmas donkey, right? Wasn't Nestor the donkey? I think so. Nestor. Nestor, Christmas. N-E-S-T-O-R. Oh, I mean, can't there be multiple donkeys? Nah, I, I don't know. if is there is there enough multiple donkeys? It was Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey. Okay, all right. I'm just, I, got, I got my Christmas. The Life of Adventures of Santa Claus uh, as a double feature with Nestor, the Christmas donkey. Uh, we'll set you back 15 bones. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I got my Christmas donkeys correct. Oh, by the way, did you see the video today of the monkey playing tennis? No, but I'll have to look that up. <laughs> next just, opportunity. I mean, you said donkey, so I thought monkey, the monkey playing tennis. <laughs> I don't know. I can watch I can it see how quick uh, you made that it's quick just, leap. It's just a monkey playing tennis. Just there, He's standing at the net, and whoever it is is throwing balls at him, and he's just hitting him with the tennis racket. It's a monkey playing tennis. I give him a layup. I don't like I is. gave him a softball oh, toss. No, for a really. Christmas jackass in it's, the world I, of baseball. I, I, I couldn't and then stop you start thinking it. about the monkey playing tennis. The monkey playing tennis. Monkey playing just hitting the ball. Just hitting the ball. It's actually a chimpanzee. But you know, you think monkey playing tennis sounds pretty cool. I hate every I see. Uh, so number one today in Major League Baseball, Aaron Boone introduced as new Yankee manager. And there were many people who thought he dropped a trust-the-process line, a la Sam Hinkie, in his introductory press conference. It was close, but it wasn't quite trust-the-process. I think I'll be, as a manager, someone that isn't chasing after wins every day. I want to get locked into the process. And by doing that, I think we have a chance to get the best out of our players. Wait, wait, he's not chasing wins every day? I don't get it. In other words... 
they hired me, the Yankees, because I told them I would do whatever they wanted me to do. And they want me to just talk to the players and get their message to them. So I'm not worried about chasing wins every day. No, I'm pretty sure you are. They told me I don't have to worry about the win total this year. They told me strategy is not going to be anything I'm responsible for. I just need to make sure the players play their best like they're all going to listen to Aaron Boone. He looked Boone. pretty good in his uniform, though. He don't think he can still play, Aaron yeah. Boone. That looks good. They may need him to play. Maybe that's what they, they were looking for here. Hey, they, you know, the guy who fits the suit. Next up is Scott Brocious. They may wind up signing him as well. Need a third baseman. So you had that, and believe me, Aaron Boone is going to be a puppet. He is a puppet for what Brian Cashman and the Yankees want to do. That's why he was hired. That's why they hired a guy with no managerial experience. It's what they wanted. In addition to Aaron Boone getting hired, or and his introductory press conference, yeah. Rafael Palmero announced he wants to make a comeback at the age of 53. Did they take away some of his hits like Bernie Mac uh, and Mr. 3000 oh, that he's got to come back? It's too soon, no, 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 it's not too soon. That movie was a no, long time I, ago. No, well, I mean, I, why do you bring up the dead guy? Why do you bring up somebody who's dead? I hope they're all dead. Because oh, I've always, because I've been trying to reconcile for a long time. And, and if the opportunity ever happened to me as a lifelong Southsider, White Sox fan, but then they call you up when you're having a great movie and TV career and they say, hey, you want to come throw out the first pitch at Wrigley? Would I do it and then turn heel with a, you know, Frank Thomas or Greg Luzinski jersey or maybe a Ron Kittle jersey underneath? Or would I just do it and smile for the people? Or would you try to hit Chris Bryant in the cup? Well, there's that. Okay. But, but, Bernie, but Bernie Mac faced that choice, and he threw out the first pitch at Wrigley Field. And, but Mr. 3000, the reference that we need to stick with here in terms of his acting prowess and the concept of Rafael Palmero, a guy who – failed tests and had problems after wagging his finger. If he succeeds, who's going to believe it's natural? Yeah. And if he fails, we're going to say, I oh, was 53 years oh, old. Oh, he's natural. He's, he's the Daratoris of, of Major League Baseball. He's on Mars if he thinks he can go back. And he said, all I need to do is go through spring training, and I can go right to the majors. I don't need time in the minors, nothing else like that. No, I can go right at 53 years old. He's going to go right to the majors. He lives on Mars. Party of one, population one, since, you know, Matt Damon left. Sorry, spoiler for the Martian. He gets off of Mars. He lives on Mars if he thinks he can do it. Every athlete who leaves the game all thinks, oh, I can still do it. I can still do it. And how many guys How many guys come back, Peter, for 10 years? I'm going to come back and play. You can't. You can't do it. Once do in a it. while, there's a guy that comes back who's a good story for a few months, and then his career ends because he's literally done. But you're talking about coming back your way for 10 years? And you think he's coming back? It's not happening. But he had you a all, sweet swing. You were going to tell him to stay in his lane, weren't you? Stay in your lane. Yeah, I heard that. How bad is that? That I, I know just by the first syllable what Tyshirt is That's going to play. pretty good. Well, it was either that or he was going to pull out something from Harry Potter where you're talking to serpents. We should, do, we, should, we should do a game about that. He just plays the very beginning of a drop, and I will try to tell you exactly what it is. Kind of like name that tune. Yeah, I can name that tune in three syllables. Coming up next, we got a breaking story out of college football. This is Fox. Love Actually and Less Than Zero. It's getting about time. we got to have our annual December repeated conversations about how great a Christmas movie Less Than Zero is. Yeah, but I'm going to put together a full slideshow. Oh, okay. With I'm audio and that. video yeah, commentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. We yeah. can look all pensive, wear oh, suits, what look a- all self-important. You know, in the third scene i really thought the dialogue between these two characters i will no i will say this there's never been a nicer drug dealer in a movie than james spader 
He never, you know, he doesn't get really upset until the end. He says, "Hey, come on, I need my money." Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when you think, "Oh, the next scene's going to be, oh, I'm going to come in and break your legs," it's, "Hey, come on, you really got to, you got to pay me back." He's like the nicest drug dealer. Kill him with kindness. I mean, but then he turns him into something horribly. But in the beginning, he says, "Hey, come on, I'm giving you a really good chance. Just give me some money back." Well, you have to watch the long roller coaster ride to madness. No. Great movie soundtrack. That's what we got to play. Instead of all the holiday songs, just got to play all the songs off of Less Than Zero. No, no, no. You got the the edict came down. We need the, we need the Bengals. We need LL Cool J. We need Danzig. We need everything from Less Than Zero. And Love Actually. And Die Hard. Can't do it. And The Ref. The Ref. The Ref. Nice ref done. also. Top five Christmas movies that's of all time. That's a pretty good one. That, that's a Lethal nice. Lethal Weapon. That's a nice sleeper. Also, kind of mo- holiday, 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 holiday movie. All right, well, you, you could do that. I, I just know I saw the text of the email that went out from here and the guy yeah. from Fox Sports Radio Studios. I don't think your plan can be enacted without some repercussions. No, no, we can do whatever we want at night. This is uh, no, no, no. We 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 take over. This is our island at night. We take over. This, this our is our time. Yes. This is like the Revis Island of radio shows. I mean. You know, when he was good. Not like the uh, now Revis he's Island now. he's still like he's a turnstile. No, oh, oh, he's terrible. I told you we were going to light him up. We, I can hear the we clicking. And another customer served. Oh. Each time Robbie Anderson. You could have put Darrell Revis on top of the tree in Rockefeller Center, and just it would have just lit up, and you could see it for miles because he got torched yeah, it was on not good. Sunday. Not good look at Revis on top of the tree in Rockefeller Center. Oh, look how red it is. My God, my eyes. That, no, it's like Shoeless Joe Jackson oh. at the end of Eight Men Out. Is that him? <laughs> and here you got everybody trying to protect the image of Revis. Hell no, that's no. not him. No. That's some no. guy pretending to be Revis. I saw him play. He was the best. The Jason Smith Show live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. More info. Visit geico.com. We've had a lot of, of uh, hate tweets and, 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 and a lot of vitriol. Coming through us the last hour on the show, maybe because our takes are influenced by the fact we have John Wick on like two TVs in front of us. I mean, because John Wick is, you know, John Wick is just you, you killed my dog and now I'm going to go kill everybody. Sorry, spoiler alert. I mean, John well, Wick. Some is- people have really um, visceral reactions to things. They don't think it through. They just are men or women of action and just get back after it. That's Now I- we have... Kansas going down earlier tonight. That's not College good for basketball Syracuse. chaos a little bit. You had Loyola Chicago mm-hmm. with the, the win mm-hmm. which <laughs> over Florida, which is confusing to a lot of folks. We got the Clippers losing again. We got Get Out where I'm going to stir some tea. I mean, there's lots going stir on. Stir that tea. Stir that tea. Got to stir the drink. Stir the tea. Stir right. the tea. Uh, but, but, yeah, a lot of anger. Uh, a couple of things in the NBA before we get to the big story in college football. We told you that things were going to be fine with both the Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors absolutely boat race Charlotte tonight, 101-87, their first game without Steph Curry. We told you there's not going to be a discernible difference in the Warriors for the next two weeks, however long Steph Curry is out. He is interchangeable, as are all of those stars during the regular season. You can take anyone out, and they will score the same. Other guys will suck up for their missing stars production, and they will produce. They will win just as easily without Curry as they win without Draymond Green, as they win without KD, as they win without Klay Thompson to a lesser degree. Steph Curry is a terrific player, but we've gone over this. He's a system quarterback. 
he's a he's a terrific player who was finally put in the right system. He went from a 22-point-a-game guy before Steve Kerr got there to a 30-point-a-game guy. You don't just get good when you're 27 years old in the NBA. That's what happened to Steph Curry. He got good because the system that Steve Kerr said, okay, this is what we're going to do, and now it's worked to perfection in Gold State. Stars are interchangeable. If Steph Curry was that great, they wouldn't have brought in Kevin Durant. They would have said, no, we can win. You don't bring in somebody over Michael Jordan because you're not good enough. No, you brought in Kevin Durant because you needed more. And without Steph Curry... They'll be absolutely fine. They'll continue to crush teams and move on because this is what the Warriors do. They're a machine. Well, who doesn't want a little bit more along the way? But what's got to be encouraging on many levels of the hate tweets that you're getting at How About a Fresca <laughs> and the collateral damage that I see over at Swollen Dome is, is two things are at play. Either this take is so incendiary. Incendiary. So deep-reaching into their souls uh-huh. that even though they've heard it before, it still just gets <laughs> them and their blood boiling. So you've got that faction. Or they haven't heard it yet, and this is the first time, and they're having that visceral hatred towards you. And so that means we're growing the audience. Yeah. Welcome aboard the Jason Smith <laughs> Show with Mike Garman here on Fox Sports Radio. We appreciate you stopping on by. Either way, wins for us, Jason Smith, here on a Wednesday night. The other one is the Cleveland Cavaliers. When they were 3-3, three and 4-3, three, 5-5, and 6-5, three, and 7-6, and, five, seven and six, everybody wanted to run their own hot take theater and say the Cavaliers are in trouble. They don't play defense very well. They're not the team they were last year. They're going to struggle. Everybody wanted to, because everybody wanted some kind of hot take on the Cavaliers and how much they were going to struggle. And listen, I like to be out there. I believe what I believe, and I'm right most of the time. But I knew. Listen, <laughs> I'm waiting for the phone, the bath no, no, no. phone, to start ringing. And I'm hey, right most Pam. of the time. Hey, you know, and it's got a picture of oh, her no, face no, going. No, no, beep, no, no. Me, hang on. I will. In my house, I am never right, <laughs> which is why I save all my being right for for on the radio because I'm never right in my house. Even when I'm right, I'm not right in my house. There's times where Pam will do something. Where, you know, I'm like, I can't believe you did that. And in 10 seconds, she turns it around where it's something else that's my fault. Like, I've been holding on to this for two weeks. Like, when you forgot to, you know, change the toilet paper or, you know, whatever. Yeah, but then when you didn't change the toilet paper two weeks ago, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm the one saying, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, how did she do that? It's amazing. She might wife be a great sports talk radio host. She'd be great. She would say stuff. You'd disagree with her. She would get mad, and then she would tell you other things, and she would get you off topic, and suddenly it's like, what just happened? Oh, it's me? Vegas misdirection. lost that argument. Hey, we can register hottaketheater.com. <laughs> uh, but we told you the Cavaliers were going to be fine. They're bored. They're coming off of three straight finals appearances. Of course they're going to start slow. Golden State started slow. Everything is okay. And look at now, 13 in a row after they beat Sacramento tonight, 101-95, and still they're waiting for Isaiah Thomas. Now the same wizards of the keyboard who wanted to say, oh, they're in trouble, I guarantee you the next wave of Cavaliers columns and articles and takes is going to be, are the Cavaliers unstoppable with Isaiah Thomas? And then when he comes back, what it's going to mean for the team. The same people are going to write the same columns. We told you the Cavaliers were going to be fine, and they're fine. That's it. They're fine. First week of December, even if they weren't, they will be in a month. They will be in two, barring some catastrophic injury or some event unknown. If they're just playing basketball, you look at the Eastern Conference, 
There's two teams. Mm-hmm. That's it. The rest of these. And the Knicks. It's, 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 yeah, fun. And the Knicks. it's fun to watch and the, the Knicks. Knicks. It's fun to watch what the Pistons are Knicks. doing and what the Sixers are doing. Knicks. But we anticipated the end. There the will, be will be only two. Yeah, and the Knicks will play. Yeah. Hello. Uh, and thank you for being a Knicks season. You're not there away. anymore. I Phil, think we know what we're doing. Now, Phil, go back to we got to talk about Tennessee for a second. We call this a Brokeback no, Mountain no, no. game because there's so much penetration and kickouts. Oh. Phil, all right, I know you're up. Now, I know we've woken you up a couple of times. But Is it not, the playoffs yet? No, no, no. It's just the beginning of December. Go back to sleep. Buddy, at some point, you got to let him get in his REM sleep. Uh, well, I, it's not my fault he keeps hearing his name and waking up. Don't you? Uh, Tennessee, finally, after going 0 for 7 in getting their next head coach, looks like they have their guy. And his name is John C. <laughs> Tennessee has offered their head coaching job to Alabama defensive coordinator Jeremy Pruitt. They are finalizing a deal with him after offering him the job earlier on Wednesday. He's in his second year as defensive coordinator at Alabama under Nick Saban. Uh, They're ranked first nationally in scoring defense, second nationally in total defense. So finally, Tennessee and Phil Fulmer goes one for one in getting his guy. It's a hot streak. Tennessee's a bad job. I've told you. You have unrealistic fan base, expectations, boosters, and you don't recruit like you used to. It's not the heyday. You're not going to suddenly go back to where you were, hey, when we were competing for a national championship every year, winning 10 games. No, you did that because Alabama stunk. Alabama stunk for a long time. Now Alabama doesn't stink. You're not going back to the heydays. Could you get back to the days of winning eight and nine games? Sure, absolutely. But you're not getting back to that. That's why Tennessee is a bad job. You are hired to be fired there. But there is no more visible evidence you need that a job is a bad job when you get turned down by people you offer to become your next head coach. When you can't fill that, you're an absolute clown car in the New York Giants clown car variety. You had Shiano, which the fan base was allowed to to, to blow out. Really? You're telling me that you're a strong school with strong leadership when the fan base blows out? How many guys said, hey, thanks, but no thanks? David Cutcliffe says, no, I want to stay at Duke. Mike Gundy says, oh, that money you gave me, that's great. Hey, Oklahoma State. Oh, you know what? I'm going to stay at Oklahoma State. How many guys? How many guys did you offer the job to negotiate with and they said, sorry, I am not going? You finally get a guy, and Phil Fulmer goes one for one. You know, Curry gets fired. He goes 0 for 7. And I don't mean Steph Curry 0 for 7 from 3, system quarterback. I mean, Curry gets fired. Their chant for him to be fired at WWE Raw. When you get turned down that many times, it means your job is a bad job. People don't want it, and there's something wrong. There's no way you can sugarcoat it. If it was a good job, the first person you offered it to would take it. When Notre Dame hires a head coach, you hear one name. When the Yankees hire a manager, they offer it to one guy. Guy says yes. They're not in the business of, oh, this guy said no, and this guy said no. The big places, the big jobs, you hear one name one time, and that's how it goes. Tennessee, we had eight guys. Eight guys. Eight guys, Mike Harmon. You were next on the list. I was. I was even, ready. You were even ahead of T. Martin, who still didn't get a phone He's call. He's still salty. But the folks here at USC aren't exactly enamored with him either, thinking that he held things back and at times was more a figurehead than a guy actually calling plays and, and getting things together, that it was more Clay Helton and just the sheer athleticism of their star and primary weapons as you go through. But you look at this coaching search. You go back to Shianu. They had their guy. And then it went awry, right? That right as UCLA had Chip Kelly coming in, this was the next move in the dominoes to fall. 
And then by the end of that day, it had been torn asunder, and we start going down the road. I mean, the one that I'd circled all along was the Gundy reported offer, where you're talking at seven million a year that would have ranked him third, fourth in terms of annual salary among college coaches behind Saban and, and Dabo. And so you you have him third, and he still says, "I'm out." You, you like that? You want to say Gabo? No, every Garbo. time you say Dabo, it's like you say, "Did you hear that, Smith? Is Gabo is coming?" Yeah, I'm at, well, that's just you it. Say I, Dabo figured, I, I figured Gabo. it got you excited. I don't get it. <laughs> Way to go, Barney. That's ironic. That's How about really that? Ironic. Just tying that together. Yeah. But when you're talking seventeen million or seven million a year and, and that length of tenure, and he says no. And then he obviously got a bump, but it still wasn't to that level to stay where he was. And you have all the rumors. And we don't even know how many other coaches were in the feeling out process that never got to potential terms. We're just knowing the ones that really were close to the finish line during this process. But if you go through it and you look at where you've had success recently, I mean, Jones had him as a an up-and-coming program just a couple of years ago. They throttled Northwestern in the bowl game, and it looked like, all right, now they're built, and then that went sideways through some injuries and some ineffectiveness, and before you know it, Jones gets blown out. So you, you've, you've had some stepping stones to where perhaps you can find that level of stability, and then I think you're in that position where you're hoping that every cycle of players, right, every four or five years, that you're able to rise up. Whether that's enough for boosters or not, I don't know. But certainly, if you're consistently winning eight games, it's a far cry from where you've been. The Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. 877-99 on Fox Twitter, at How About a Fresca Twitter. At How About a Fresca. We'll have more football coming up next. A huge story in the NFL. What is the fallout of the massive extension Roger Goodell just got? Find out next on Fox. It's Christmas in the club! Christmas in the club! See Jake and Elwood, your bartenders, for drink special, 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 specials! Welcome inside the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Maybe you're going to the club because you're single, looking to meet somebody this holiday season. But if you're single, should be dating on match. If you're single and not dating on match, you're really missing out. Start searching. Connecting for free today at match.com. That's match.com, match.com, M-A-T-C-H.com. If you want to match Roger Goodell on a $200 million contract extension, you can. How about new? I bet you'd have a great match profile right now. Roger Goodell, job, commissioner, NFL, salary, $40 million a year. Oh, oh but yeah. it's inflated. He's a catch. If you really get deep into it, it's a lot of bonuses <laughs> that he's got to meet to get to that $200 million. So really, I think he's overstating his worth. Joining us now on the hotline. NFL insider for Bleacher Report, friend of the show. Follow him on Twitter at JasonCole62. He is. Go Aztecs, dudes. All right. Jason Cole. What's happening, JC? Life is beautiful, but it's not as beautiful as Roger Goodell's life. No, uh, you know, it's nice going from, I don't know if he's going to get an extension to, here's $200 million for the next five years. Yeah, and he's already made over $300 million. I think by the time he gets done... 
being commissioner of the NFL, he'll have made in the area of $400 million. So he'll make almost as much money as Matthew Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> Who has more wins? <laughs> Go. Well, um, and the most important thing that matters to the owners, Roger has more wins. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's... He won the he won the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, and, and here's what I don't get, Jason, is that normally when you see leadership, if your business or country, whatever it is, is seen as failing over the last few years, you wind up putting in a new leader. And certainly the last five years for the NFL, we have declining ratings. Goodell is a bad headline. Well, no one... five years of declining headlines or, or, or declining ratings or two years of that? Well, no, well I'm saying, the, no, 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 I'm, I'm saying she's the, la- grabbing the, ho- the last the whole five package. years has been declining ratings, bad relationships between the players and the office of the commissioner. We have blah 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 blah. blah, blah look, blah, we blah. we have Roger Goodell embarrassing he, he can't jurisprudence anything without a bad headline coming out of this. Now some owners don't trust him and now he gets a five year contract. Usually you see something like that. It's we vote a new guy in everywhere except now for the NFL. Okay, so let's let me counter that by saying, um, what was the average value of an NFL franchise in 2011 before the start of this collective bargaining agreement? Average NFL franchise value, value. in 2011. I'm going to say, ooh, without you having point, to look it no, up. No, 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 no. I'm going to say 1.4 billion, 1.5 billion. You're off, you're off. You're way high. It was one. It was one billion. Oh, not way high. Okay. I was off. I was high by point four. By fifty percent, but you know, it's okay. Yeah, but 40, it was point four. percent. No, 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 no. no. Ah, what's a few doing, hundred? That's why you're doing radio listen, and not working at Smith Barney? Listen, but that's it's a different factor. What, what, what if I told you my dad was the Smith and Smith Barney? Um, I would not believe that, but that's okay. <laughs> but um, the Barney is Barney Rubble. Oh, so there's. Can that. we get Jason to have a conversation <laughs> with Walt? Okay. So here's the thing: the average the average franchise was worth slightly less than one billion dollars in 2011. Today, why don't you take a wild guess what the average franchise is worth? One point five. No, I'm going to say two billion. Two point three billion dollars. All right, so I'm close. You're again off by about fifteen percent, but who's counting? I'm only off by point three. That's you know, it's point three. Well, that time it wasn't point three. That's three hundred million dollars. Yeah, but okay. for, for owners, that's nothing. Can, can I can I ask a question? Does your wife balance the checkbook at home? Oh, absolutely. I don't do anything. I just give her the receipts and say, "Here, here's what I got." So you just go to the ATM and say, "Okay, let's no, see how." It he rolls. doesn't get to do yeah. that. What are you talking no, no, about? No, she tells me how much money to take out and says, "Give me the money you took out." That's kind of what I do. That's yeah. Well, that's how we all do it. But yeah. um, look. Name another time in the history. Now, the, the NFL is approximately what almost a hundred years old. So let's let's put this in perspective. It took about ninety years from the NFL to go from zero to one billion. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it took essentially five years or six years to go from one billion to two point three billion. But nobody else could have done this. Only Roger Goodell. Nobody else could have done this. It doesn't matter if anybody else could. That, that's all. That's all hypothetical. And and I hear that all the time. He's the guy who negotiated the deal. All right. He's the guy who ran point on how they were going to do this. 
he's the guy who's raised revenues from whatever they were pre, you know, under Paul Tagliabue to what are we now at about 14 or $15 billion in revenue. He's the guy who's like, he's in charge. Now I know all sorts of people throw out your argument. Okay. But they didn't do that. Nobody else did it. And in fact, the guy before who was supposed to be a genius compared to, you know, as a, as a lawyer, didn't do any of that. Paul Tagliabue, remember, Paul Tagliabue, for everything that people say about him now in, in reflection and, and wish that he was still in charge, he was the guy who was going to give money back to the TV networks. He's the guy who negotiated the deal in 2006 where Ralph Wilson came out and said, what did I just vote for? I have no idea, right? Like, those are, those are the things that happened under the previous commissioner who was supposed to be a genius. Well, How about this? The previous commissioner is the one who laid the groundwork for a multi-billion dollar and hugely embarrassing concussion settlement, okay, That's, that has ruined the game more than any of these other things that Roger Goodell's done. The biggest problem that they've had to deal with over the last eight years has been concussions, right? That's that's a bigger headache than any anthem protest or any, you know, Ray Rice, you know, um, deflate gate, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. And most of that's been laid at Roger Goodell's feet, but it was Paul Tackleyabu who created it. Okay. So when people want to knock Roger Goodell, and I'm not saying he's done a fantastic job, he's overstepped his bounds. He has not handled deflate gate correctly. He didn't handle um, Ezekiel Elliott. He didn't handle Ray Rice very well. He's made tons of mistakes, right? But he's made his, he's doubled the, the value of the franchises, more than doubled it, which has made wealthy people wealthier, which makes them happy, okay? And he's raised more money than anybody else, and he's settled all of their problems. So by comparison to Paul Tagliabue, yeah, he's worth it. Well, and certainly, Jason, as we, we talk about what he's doing, they're, they're setting up for another round. We like rematches in the boxing ring or in the octagon, so he can go after Demora Smith, who he's beat up on in, in past yeah. CBAs. They're going to kill him again. <laughs> they're going to kill him because they, don't, they always kill him. Like they, the only time they have it is when the owner screwed up, under again, under Tagliabue and allowed this thing to get into the court and get in front of of you know the Minnesota you know the Minnesota federal court right? Why, why do the players so, want Demora Smith to, to be? The, I don't get it. Why they want him to be their negotiator? Hey, hey, fourteen to nothing unanimous because, of, because of the players look and and I you know I see people do this all the time like they just don't understand how the union works. The union, the players don't understand what they need until they're retired. Right. Okay, and. The biggest problem that they have is, you know, like Justina Anderson was saying, well, I think that they're going to, they're, they're ready to really hold out the next time and hold the line and get what they want. And Jason Reed saying, you know, talking about how, oh, I, I, you know, are they going to be ready to, to really sit out games? They've had five strikes in the history of the union. They failed every single one of them. Every one of them they lost, okay? Because they can't stay out. Because guess what? Half the workforce in the league right now, you know, out of 1,600 players, half of that workforce is still playing in college, right? And they don't even understand what the issues are. So by the time they get to the league, all it's about is, hey, I need my money. I got to play. 
I can't sit, right? And trying to keep that kind of a group together, you know, 1,600, 1,700, 2,000 guys together to try, to try and hold that together is almost impossible. So really, it's not even DeMora Smith's fault. It's that the players themselves have never really truly gotten organized to figure out how to do this. Now, I know this is not very interesting stuff to do on radio, and usually we have a whole lot more, uh, a lot more fun with this stuff. But the reality is the players always get killed because they do not have the leverage. It's inherent into the game, but they do not have the leverage to really truly stay out the way that baseball players and the way that basketball players do because there's a whole lot less baseball players and a whole lot less basketball players. And here's the other thing. Basketball players and baseball players are a whole lot more specifically skilled than football players. Follow him on Twitter at JasonCole62, at JasonCole62, Bleacher Report, NFL Insider, J. Cole. Great stuff, and I'm sure Demora Smith is going to call you in the next five minutes. Well, whatever. <laughs> See you, guys. <laughs> See you, buddy. See you, buddy. There goes J. Cole. We have some more football coming up. I mean, great points there about Demora Smith and, and players and not having the wherewithal to say we're really going to sit out. Great stuff from J. Cole. But right now, we got to check in with a man yes. who has never – Threatened to sit out because they told him he'd be fired if he didn't come into work. <laughs> Tom Looney with What's Trending, Mr. Looney. Let's just call it Cavalier Attitude. Yeah, launch a drifting three. He missed it, and this game is over. The Cleveland Cavaliers have tied a franchise record with consecutive win number 13 as they grind it out tonight and knock off the Kings by the final of 101-95. John Michael with a call on one of America's great rock and roll stations. WMMS Cleveland LeBron James came this close to a triple-double. I know you can't see my fingers since it's radio, but he came this close. LeBron had 32 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists. Uh, Two upsets in college basketball's top 25 unranked Loyola Chicago. Upended fifth-ranked Florida Gators, 65-59. An unranked Washington shocked number two Kansas, 74-65. And Jason and Michael, Alabama defensive coordinator Jeremy Pruitt expected to become the next head football coach at the University of Tennessee. The deal could be announced as early as tomorrow. This is according to child star Corey Feldman, I've been told. Oh, yes, so no! Not sure, you know, this is not the best source, but I have wow. seen it percolating elsewhere on the World Wide Web. Oh, you, so Tom I went Looney, with it. You are going to hell, man. Look. I mean, really, there's going to be a special place for you. Why? I'm just saying, it's, wow, it's, you know, it's kind of too soon. I'm just stating my source. I'm citing oh, my source. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. It's too soon, bro. That's I'm it. sorry. I'm Kevin sorry. Durant. I, I think he's kind of mocking our work is That's really Fox what's Sports, going on here. No, Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a typo here. I just, it was in the tele. They yeah. loaded it into the teleprompter, and I just read it. Oh, who put Corey? Don't you know Tom Looney God, reads whatever is put in front of unbelievable. him? Unbelievable. <laughs> Screw you, San Diego. <laughs> and the Knicks beat Elmira tonight, 106. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate sure. it. We got Elmira in, too. There goes Tom. We always get Thank Elmira. Thank you. Shout out 607. Yeah, hey, because Elmira's close to Syracuse, who won last night, buddy. Cues, yo. Unbelievable. You segue that somehow? Wow. I, you know, it's Tom Looney, not my first day. This is not my first day. We're live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Uh, got some mean tweets. Of course we do. That have come to us after the breaking news tonight. The Tennessee looks like they have their next head coach. One T. He is former 90210 star Ray Pruitt with one T. He lows from... 
Donna Martin to Valerie Malone, and now he will be the head coach at Tennessee. But real quick, you know, you made the point last hour about one of the reasons Roger Goodell, you feel, has is, is come back is because, look, he's a bad headline, and many guys can make the money. And, and look, you're, you're seeing slow, slowly he's being pushed down that mountain. Now he's got the extension, and it, it fails to, to pass understanding why so many people wanted to give him that next five years when clearly the NFL's on a downturn. But as long as he's going to beat Demora Smith in the next round of collective bargaining, I see that part of it. That, hey, this guy's undefeated. You know, that's a very big deal. The CBA is a very big, big deal to us. Big, big, big. And he's won. He has never lost. So let's keep it going and let's put him up against Demora Smith again. Well, that's it. The players reinstalled Demora Smith for another term, 14 nothing. the unanimous vote. So you're, you're looking at it as we just had Jason Cole lay out, and it's something I've been preaching as often as we, we get into this topic about the collective bargaining agreement, is that you've got players on a three to five, maybe ten if they get lucky, right, and they're healthy and their skills don't erode. They don't have one of those big injuries that cost them the opportunity and they get Wally pipped and all that stuff, that you're looking at a, a short term of making the kind of money you do as an NFL player. And so your interests, what you're going to vote for is anything that's going to make those three to five years the best they can be. Because you're also in that invincibility phase of your life that everybody out there has had, regardless of what you ended up doing for a living and whatever your family structure is, any of that stuff. At, in, in the early and mid-20s, everybody goes through the period of, well, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> and that you can run till the middle of the night drink as much as you want, stay out as late as you want. You're going to be able to rally for that meeting in the office the next morning, and the, the line keeps moving. Well, eventually it doesn't. And football players the same way, or they're not thinking about it when they're in their mid-40s or their mid-50s when suddenly they can't walk up and down the stairs as well as they, they could. What we're learning now about the CTE research and going on down the line, bodies and minds not quite cooperating that's not in what they're arguing in the moment, in the presence. It, present, it's all about what can I get, which is why in the last CBA it was such a big deal just to get more days off and fewer pu- padded practices, fewer two-a-days, all of those things. Those were seen as the big wins. You know what it did? It hurt the game for a lot of those fringe players because they didn't have extra time to work on their craft, so they were back out in the regular workforce that much more quickly and so for everybody else a little more uh, tenuous in terms of holds on their job and I think that's part of the product decline is that you've lost a bit of that as you go but going forward what are they going to try to push for anything they try to get substantively and one of the big things with with Goodell's contract was about his health coverage for he and his family and everything they're like, yeah, we want that. You can't pay for health coverage, really. You can't pay. No, I, I, no, no, I, can't, I can't afford to pay for Cobra. No, but no, but, no, no, but, but twenty three hundred bucks a month. No, but that's the point. Is that you know he's supposed to get lifetime health coverage. Mm-hmm. So everybody got up in arms on that. And the players like, well, why don't players get that? It's like because the players aren't going to give up exactly what it's going to get mm-hmm. cost to get that. That means you're going to give Roger Goodell. He's going to go open his chest and say, what five things of yours do I need to complete my collection? 
One of them is your soul, so that Horcrux is coming. But the other... Your Benicio Del Toro and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Gonna collect now all I'm collecting things. all this stuff. But the other thing is that you're suddenly going to have a 17th and an 18th and a 19th <laughs> game added onto your schedule if you want that, and you're going to keep giving up more and more for those chips. And so now you've got to decide what's important. And the NFL owners know that Roger Goodell owns... Demora Smith when it comes to this side of the argument. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, got some phenomenal mean tweets Woo-hoo. coming your way as we break down the biggest breaking story of the night. This is the Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio. You know who's fun, Mike Harmon? You know who's, who's fun? I'll tell you who's There's a lot really of people fun. that are fun. They're I'm all about having fun. fun. I'm like Champ Kind. Yeah. Whammy! You're going to mad if I start kissing Christina Applegate? Ron! Come on! Come on, stop, Ron! That's right. Ah! I celebrate the many works of Keckner. Legend. Great news. You want to save money? Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. You know who's fun? Who's that, buddy? Tennessee fans are fun. Because... Our conversations, opinions, what we've said about Tennessee's head coaching search, which allegedly has come to an end tonight, has gone viral. Jeremy Pruitt, with two T's, not Ray Pruitt with one T, is going to be the new head coach of Tennessee. Sources say his hiring is imminent. Alabama's defensive coordinator the last couple of years is going to get the job Alabama's had a great year defensively, number one in scoring defense, number two in total defense. They sent a lot of guys to the NFL. Pruitt's getting the job. And I've told you that Tennessee is a bad job. The last few days, Tennessee's a bad job. Florida is a bad job. Texas is a bad job. Texas A&M is a bad job. Nebraska is a bad job because the fan base is delusional. They think we need to be back in the heyday when we were winning and competing for national championships. It's not going to happen. It's a different landscape in college football. But boosters and backers and regents don't see that. And fans, no, no, we 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 were winning ten. We won ten games for for fifteen years under Phil Fulmer. Why can't we start doing that again? It just doesn't happen that way. You are delusional. You keep losing games. You're not at the top of your conference. And the bottom line that shows you a job is a bad job is when coaches keep turning you down. When you offer the job to coaches and they say no. Or you have conversations about coaches and they go back to their school and they say, hey, I'm talking to Tennessee. Well, let's lock you up with this kind of money. All right, and I'll go back. This tells you it's a bad job. If it was a good job, people would take it. I give Phil Fulmer credit. He comes in and has a coach first time around. He gets his guy. Great job. That's what normal good jobs are. But... Tennessee's not a good job. You're you're hired to be fired there. How many years is Jeremy Pruitt going to get? If he goes 5 and 7 next year, they're going to say we got to get a new guy. They've had 10 coaches in the last 7 years. 10 head coaches. That's since he's, Phil Fulmer in the last uh, 7 I'm sorry, 7 head coaches in the last 10 years. Since Fulmer's last year, Fulmer's last year 2008, they have had 7 head coaches. Not even the Jets do stuff like that. Well, my hope was when he installed him was installed as the AD that he'd stage a bloodless coup and just rename himself as coach because <laughs> Curry was one of the guys that helped get him ousted a decade ago. So here was the sweet revenge. You know what? You're out. I'm coming in. I take your job. By the way, I'm also going back down on the sidelines, 
and I'll see you in hell. At this but, point, they would have loved to have fun. It's like when it's like when you break up with your girlfriend. You were there for a long time, and you go, "I want to do something new." And I'm sorry, but you know, it's not working out. You know, we had great times. You gave me the best years of your life, but now I'm moving on. And then you date seven or eight girls, okay? And then you say. You know, I really like that first girlfriend I had, you know, a few years ago. We dated for like 10 or 12 years. I'm going to go, Tennessee fans would have loved it if Phil Fulmer says, I'm back. They pushed him out. They hate, oh, Phil Fulmer doesn't win enough. He had one five and seven season. He's gone. He's gone. And now it's all. I love the Tennessee head coaching search that it's become the biggest topic in college football the last week because now you are seeing how the sausage is made. You're seeing everything. You're seeing delusion. You're seeing craziness. It's awesome. And the Tennessee fans that are throwing fire at, at me tonight, oh, this is great. I love it. All right, Tennessee so let's go through it. Couldn't get a sit down with Chip Kelly. Nope. Said John no. Gruden, that was just a lot nope. of wishing and hoping. And, Said no. You know, the obligatory, let's throw his name out there. Uh, there was the Jason Witten talk. He, he'll retire right now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, the David Cutcliffe, you see him like a, a Duke lifer. So, you know, they'll build a statue. He chose Duke football over Tennessee but football. That, Not Duke that, basketball. But then he was going to be there you know, and decided, hey, I'm at this stage of my life where I'm just going to stay here, and this is my legacy, and I'm a legend. They'll name a field after me. Here's my statue, and away we go. Uh, Jeff Brom, Purdue. Uh, Mike Gundy, remember, $7 million a year. Uh, got a huge raise from Oklahoma State, using it as leverage. Dave Doran mm-hmm. of NC State, 15-25 and 25 in ACC play. Um Another guy that got himself a nice hefty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aaron, don't forget Mike Leach, who was supposedly a uh-huh. done deal until Curry oh, yeah, got yeah. fired. And once he got ejected and Phil Fulham, Fulmer was ejected. in, well, that was the end of that. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a couple that I'm missing. But remember, they had their guy at the top in Greg Schiano. Tennessee is a bad job. How about some mean tweets? Oh, please. From Tennessee fans tonight. Uh, can we have our music, please? Thank there you, Jimmy Kimmel. Hey, best to Jimmy Kimmel, his uh, son recovering from another heart surgery. So best to him. Colorado Vol says, screw the weak blankety-blanks who were scared to stand with us, including you, Jason, and Kirk Herbstreet. Because Kirk right. Herbstreet, we hang out together. <laughs> All the time. Including <laughs> you, Jason, and Kirk Herbstreet, and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> That is a triumvirate that would be uh, wreaking havoc on Hollywood. Jake says... Press boards. So Tennessee's a bad job. Yeah. Jake says Fresca sucks. Well, yeah. I got to be honest. Fresca is not a great drink. No, it's... No, but it's a line from Caddyshack. It's part of the gig. It's not a great drink. Yeah. I don't drink Fresca. I think if it was really good and popular, they'd probably have come back for the name at some point. <laughs> Travis says, just when I thought you peaked in idiocy. Oh, no, I have many layers We're of idiocy. We're just getting warmed up. Oh, I mean, I'm like an onion. I mean, you got to keep peeling the layers of idiocy. The more you peel it you, back, you got, oh, yeah, the yeah. more it oh, no, stinks. Bill says, Jason, either get drunk or tweet, never both. Ooh. But maybe, it's so maybe enticing. That's I, but that's maybe when my best tweets come out. No filter. I just decide I'm going to tweet when I'm drunk. Matthew right. Matthew says, Jason Smith is one of the worst sports radio hosts, but I'm not the worst, so there's people I'm better than. Can we get a slideshow? That's slide pretty show? cool. People, people, things Jason Smith is better than. There you go. Maybe we'll play that game in next hour. <laughs> Jason uh, Smith greater than. <laughs> the Jason Smith show is the worst thing I have heard on the radio. Sounds like a college DJ turd. 
<laughs> he got the word you know turd in. Got, I, you know what? I dig that because he used the word turd. And I was a college DJ for a long time. I'm not surprised. The music makes the difference on Z89 in Syracuse. Jason Jason Mason, Mason in the morning, yeah. Coming up, your chance to win it. Win, lose, or wimp out. Yeah, so we did a lot of stuff like that. How about that? Oh, sure. I hate that song. We had bad impressions. We did a lot of fun stuff. Bad impressions? Twitter and Really? That's where it began? (laughs) Damn you, Syracuse! (laughs) Damn you! Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, final hour. Welcome inside. To all the Tennessee Volunteer fans, Jason, Mike Harmon from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more info, visit geico.com. And if you miss any of the show, of course, right after the show is over, you can download the podcast, get the best of the entire show. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, foxsportsradio.com, the iHeartRadio app. Listen to all of it, like I said. Part of it, best of, whatever you want. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, foxsportsradio.com, the iHeartRadio app. Rate us, give us five stars. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. As I've said, it's been fun with Tennessee volunteer fans. They're pretty angry at you yeah, right now. They're pretty angry because, look, I've said Tennessee's, Tennessee's a bad job. If it was a good job, the first guy they interviewed would have taken it. But instead, they went through an entire coaching search of a ton of people. I mean it. You could do a we didn't start the fire for Tennessee head coaches and... You might miss names. What, what, would, it, what would it sound like? You might run out. Oh, you want you want, you want to try that out? You want to, All right, let's go. Why, we why don't we take a look? Little we didn't start the fire. We started up here. All right, we'll get a little bit going. I mean, now let me get all the guys. Let me get all the guys who are there. okay. There we go. Hang on. Your Tennessee head coaching search signs it's a bad job when all these people turn you down, did not want interviews, or used your job to get more money. From their school. Good job by them. Chip, Kelly, John, Gruden, Jason Witten, Greg Schiano, David Cutcliffe, Jeff Brong, Mike Gundy State. Dave Doran, Mike Leach, Kevin Steele, Chad Morris, Mel Tucker, Jeremy Pruitt. Finally, you're done. Boom. That's pretty good. You, jumped, mean, you jumped in a bit early. That's all right, though. I was excited. You were eager. You were chomping I at the bit. I jumped Relax. in, but I went with the bit. That was the best first good. step you ever had. It's pretty good. I mean, those are the people. That's the list of people. When you have a good job, your list of people is not that many long. The Mets didn't even talk to that many people before they hired Mickey Calloway. The Mets didn't gotta, do it. But you got to give a number of those guys credit because they earn themselves 2 to $3 million more a year. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You want to you wanna do that to me? I'm going to Tennessee. Not really because there's upheaval in there administration and there's going to be problems so there's going to be a gap but in the interim you'll push back a pile of papers that has extra zeros so i win (laughs) you know it's it's amazing and look i getting tweets from people that that tend that just don't that don't don't talk about reality this is what i mean when i say that tennessee fans are delusional right i people say tell us what you know about the tennessee head coaching search i just gave you the 15 people they talked to were told no thank you or said okay great now i got more money from my college i turned you down that's how it goes then i get this guy bring t home and i'm sorry because he didn't get his guy you know he wanted t martin bring t home he goes what in all the blanks of life who said anything about seven head coaches in 10 years what are we embellishing okay since 2008 phil fulmer lane kiffin Derek Dooley, 
Jim Chaney, Butch Jones, Brady Hoke, Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, that's seven head coaches in 10 years. That's seven head coaches. Well, he's probably going to argue that Brady Hoke doesn't count. You, okay, oh, because a guy's a head coach, it doesn't count? You had to fire a guy to get a new head coach in. That's hiring a head. That's having a head coach. You had, when you have to fire a guy for a head coach, I'm sorry, that's you're hiring a head coach. You have a new head coach. You've had seven guys in 10 years. Get the have the job. Tell me that this that this job is so awesome. Look, I never thought for a second that Tennessee football would take the limelight like it has in the last few last last few days. But it just it shows you. Look, college football fans really just are out of touch with what their program has can accomplish and where they are. Winning ten games a year under Phil Fulmer wasn't enough. We want more in many schools. They have that. I'm sick and tired of winning 8, 9, 10. Why aren't we playing for the SEC, title, SEC championship every year? Why aren't we going for the national title? No, no, no. we got to get somebody new. And people forget what the days can be like if you push out a head coach because they think automatically we're going to get the next great one. And you don't. You don't look I, I look I lived through it with Syracuse when the fan base was so upset that Paul Pasqualoni was winning eight, nine games a year. We got to get rid of him. So they hired Greg Robinson, who won seven games in four years. Four years. He won seven games. You've had that line holstered, haven't you? I mean, look at look at Michigan football right now. They hate Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh can't win. Look at where your program was when it was Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez. Look at Brady Hoke again. You're winning seven games, six games. Harbaugh's got you winning eight, nine, ten games a year. And finally, it looks like you're going to get a quarterback. Yes, he's not beating Michigan State and Ohio State. He should have a couple of more wins. He should have beat Michigan State this year. He should have beaten Ohio State this year and Ohio State last year. But for, don't forget where you came from. So many schools do that. All the USC coaches want to fire Clay Helton. Dude, you, you know, you're 10-2. and two. You can't play for the national title every single year. If you're 10-2 and two under a coach, you are pretty good. Don't worry about, oh, we got to get a, another guy in there. When your program is winning four and five games and you're not getting past that, that's when you get a new head coach. When your program's winning seven or eight games, and unless you're Alabama and you figure, okay, we have all the athletes and these guys are all going to the NFL, okay, then you make that move. But realize that when you are winning at that level, if you want to get rid of somebody to get some, just because you're tired of the guy, just he's been around for so long and I want new blood, okay, you know what? It's your fault. It's your fault when that happens, when you were playing, because you think the next guy that walks through the door is going to be awesome. And chances are he could be, but he could be bad. It's hard. When you, you get a great guy in, you never want to let him go. You think Ohio State's going to ever let Urban Meyer go? Of course not. They know how good a coach he is. Everywhere. You think Penn State? N- none of these schools are going to let their guy go. No one's going to get tired of Urban Meyer in tenure. Oh, it's Urban Meyer. We get to the playoff, but we can't win. Oh, I don't know. This is this is what I mean by delusional fan bases in college football. Everybody thinks we should be doing better than we are. And as long as you're doing well, that's well enough. Now, did Tennessee need a new head coach? Yeah, Tennessee football was not on the upswing. But don't tell me it's a good job. You tell me it's a good job when you had seven guys in ten years that, that are the head coach. and you, you just can't tell me. And you can't tell me it's a good job when you say, oh, we get athletes. Yeah. How, are you, how do you lose games when you have Alvin Kamara who's going to be the rookie of the year in the NFL, going to be a top-five fantasy pick next year? How do you lose games with these guys? Tennessee football is not a good job. It's delusional fan bases. Tennessee, Florida, Texas, Texas A&M, Nebraska. Everybody thinks we should be doing better, and you're delusional. Well, I always like that you have boosters and fans that are looking for that big payoff. I mean, as a Northwestern alum, there were a lot of years back in the day that, 
you know, you got that fifth win, you were feeling good. No, it didn't make you bowl eligible. No, you did not have a winning season, but it was a number greater than four and took up every finger on your hand, so you felt good about it. <laughs> and now it's with Pat Fitzgerald and what he and Randy Walker and going back to Gary Barnett had built, now you're expecting some level of performance. You're you're looking for bowl game plus, you know, one of the better bowl games, and then maybe that outside shot that everything aligns perfectly and, and you have a shot to play for something big. And I think when we look at the SEC right now, if you're going to you know go apples to apples here, you're looking at a lot of teams where you're trying to find that shot, that opportunity to where you, you can take the, the puncher's chance at Alabama and such. For Tennessee, it's, a, it's been a long run since Philip Fulmer was winning games a decade ago. You mentioned all the, the coaching changes. Well, now you're trying to find some kind of stability. Interesting that it's got to be, you know, Philip Fulmer back after all this time <laughs> that's supposed to be the guy to give make that organization and the institution stable again so you, you can start winning, recruiting, and doing all that. And that's part of what Pruitt's brought in for, the reputation of being a good recruiter and a guy who sets a mindset that, you know, you can build on that. It brings the institution and the players together so they're singularly focused. We'll see if that's the case. Do the boosters give them enough time? That's a whole other question in a lot of these places. I, I But I like that there's expectations is the point that I brought up with Northwestern. Like, you're starting to think, hey, if Dino Babers doesn't lead me, I might have meaningful Syracuse football other than no, I'm hoping we, we had one big some. win and then we stunk. Yeah. So we'd be, we're going to beat the national champions. <laughs> that's right. So now you're looking at that kind of continuity to have him stick around and roll forward. And it's, it's the old time in, in the NFL right now, as we get into December, it's the, how many guys are going to be fired? Well, we saw Ben McAdoo and depending on whose slideshow you're clicking through, you've got seven to 12 more guys. So some people thinking, hey, half the league is due for a shakeup. Where are you finding those coaches to replace them? It's like this search in college. Wishing, wanting, hoping that John Gruden after a decade is going to come out of the TV booth and want to recruit and do that job. Jason Witten's going to walk away from the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Or he's still functional. They may as well have had open career. interviews. Sign up to interview for, like, we're going to post it College outside. recruiting? We have to post it internally for a week, and then we're going to post the job externally. You can apply for the job. If you come to the student union between 12 and 3, you can meet a representative of Tennessee football. Is that where we're headed? Get a latte and a cookie? Uh, sign up at Steak and Shake when you, <laughs> when you buy a burger and a drink, and you get to interview to be the next Tennessee head coach. I mean, that's really it's what, it, what it is at this point. It's comical. Oh, so you got past get fifteen. You got into guys. double digits. <laughs> and even if we don't discount the last couple of guys who interviewed, we we have no, no, no okay. we have no, no, no knowledge of whether count. they were actually offered a job. No, no, Pruitt Mel reportedly all these guys don't some count. Four to one thirty, yeah. uh, four four point one to four point three. But I guess these final guys don't count. But they're still on the list of people that actually talked to Tennessee officials about the job. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studio. Call it like I see it. That's how it is right now. We have more football coming up next. An epic rant by an NFL player today that you just absolutely have to hear. Trust I'm so me. excited. No, no, it's not you, Tim Tebow. Although, wait, did we know did Tim Tebow turn the Tennessee job down? 
And I'm very, very excited oh, about wait, it. He would, be, he would be excited about it, though. Well, he completed about as many passes per oh, game it's too as soon, they bro. have in their coaching service. Well, you're really quick with the too soon now, Tyshirt. You're really quick with it. Am I too soon you're with too the too soon? soon with the too soon. Oh, okay. You know, you're like right when someone said, like, you know what's going to be said. Oh, I wait, too soon. Anticipation. <laughs> That's coming up next on Fox. It never fails. When it's time for holiday music, once a night, we always play Christmas and Hollis. Hell yeah. It's always there. A staple of the Jason Smith Show with me, Mike Harmon, here on Fox Sports Radio. (laughs) Great news. Great news. You want to save money, go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Take that for data. Now, that's still too soon for David Fisdale. I mean, come on. Fisdale is moved on. Yeah, but it's still raw. Fizdale, it's still raw. It's you know, I mean, it's still too bad for David Fizdale. We'll always I mean, have feel, that though. We'll, we'll always have that. We'll always have that together. We'll always have that. That was our time. You know, you think just by that rant alone he can get a job in analytics? I, you know, he had that big rant about data. I'm gonna hire Explain him. Explain it to me. Go, All right. Data data is numbers that can be interpolated to help someone one way or the other. Not to be confused with data. The character data. played yeah. by Brent Spiner yes. on Star Trek. No, no, Star data. Trek. Too many, you know, the that's next the generation. Star, that problem with Star Trek next to too many episodes were about data. I'm like, I don't get the cult hero that he became. I'm like, I you don't know, get it. Data is fine, he's a, but he's an android or whatever he is. He's you know, he's gotten you know, he's not even a person. Oh, but data, nah, data's he was in it too much. Data was in it way my, too much. My dad watched that show. Oh, too much data. And not, all he did was mock the not, individual. Not, not enough Kate Mulgrew. Not enough Will Wheaton. Wheaton. Because <laughs> I knew if I said Wheaton, you would say Wheaton. It's Wheaton. It's Wheaton. Not enough. Too much data. If they had less data, the show would still be on the air. How about that? Still be going on. That's a bold and, proclamation. And, uh, and, and Patrick Stewart would go, I can't can do any movies because I'm still playing Captain Kirk. Keep showing. Picard, Picard, Kirk, Picard, Kirk, engage. Picard. Yeah, you know. And then there's war. I mean, they never. I made, just like that he kept calling Jonathan Frakes number one. They never made number one. Never made Worf a big character. I mean, Worf. 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 You know, it's like it's like they <laughs> took Star. They said, "What do we want for Star Wars Rebels? Let's take everybody from Star Trek: The Next Generation and turn it into a TV show, but it's a cartoon." That's what they did. It's a good move. Today there was an epic rant for the ages, and no, not. Tennessee, who finally got their 17th person they talked to to become their head coach, as Jeremy Pruitt with two T's, not Ray Pruitt with one T, has become their new head coach. But wouldn't it have been great if he only had one T? That would have been like it would, if he was one T, that would have been awesome. A one T Pruitt, yes. And we will we will play more of Jamie Walters tonight. Uh, later well, he on fits in the show. into this slide hour slide bleh, slide, slide over, over baby, baby hour. hour. I think he does. All right. I keep wanting to just call it the SOB, but people go sideways. Treated Donna horribly, and he had sex with Valerie Malone. I mean, he was, you know, wasn't a great character, but it was a character. And it got you thinking about Valerie Malone. Yes. And, you know, and I was. That's a, good for everybody. I was a big Tiffany Thea. I still am a big Tiffany Thea. Why wouldn't fan. you be? I mean, she's well, you know. charming as hell. You know what I noticed when Tiffany Thiessen got on 90210 was like all the close-ups they gave her. Like there were no real close-ups in Saved by the Bell because it was shot as a sitcom. There was wow, her face is. You know, really there's close a Saved the by camera. the Bell board game that I saw at Target. Really, I is was it thinking a drinking of, game. 
I, I don't know. Oh. We could probably turn it into one pretty easily. Got to get Dennis Haskins on the show. I just thought maybe I'd buy it. We could play it here some night. That could be like a Periscope. <laughs> you, me, uh, tie shirt, rest of the crew sitting around drinking and uh, watching that. We'll pick a night that Tennessee doesn't hire a head coach. Which, you know, that, you know so far they've had three theory, this year. They, they don't need to do one for a while now, right? no, they've, had, they've had three in 2017. <laughs> do they have to pay Mike Leach anything? Uh, no, but they have to feed his parrot. Oh, good. For at least three months. <laughs> and I get all the parrot food for the... You know, Goodell can have that medical insurance for the rest of his life. You hire me, you got to give my parrot food for the rest of his life. Well, you know, parrots yeah, live sure. a long time. They live to be like 80 years old. And if you're... Yeah, don't them get a premium parent. stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing you have to argue in that negotiation is, look, only the best for my parrot. If you're 40 years old, don't get a parrot. It's going to outlive you, and you're going to go, what am I going to do with my parrot when it's done? That's all right. You Parrots live a long time. to the parrot in your will. <laughs> and if the reading of the will is your kids and there's a parrot just sitting there going, Brock, I get money. Brock, I get money. Brock, I get money. Parrot got the house. <laughs> just flying around in the house. Mike Mitchell is a safety for the Steelers. And maybe you know he's been in the league a while now. Second round pick in 2009, 30 years old. And, and you know Mitchell is very upset about what we've seen in the National Football League in the last few days. The George Iloka and Juju Smith-Schuster fines and suspensions for rough hits in Monday Night Football. Roger Goodell getting a contract extension today for five years and $200 million. There's many things Mike Mitchell is upset about, and he decided to take today after Steelers practice to go over all of the things that have upset him over the past few days. Now, here's a rant. It's a minute and 20 seconds of absolute gold. Mike Mitchell, Steelers safety from today. This is football. If you want to see flag football, then let's take our pads off. That would make it easier for me because now I don't got to wear heavy But give us flags for me to pull off because that way I know what we're playing. You know, I signed up to play full-speed contact football, and we're not doing that. I feel like i got to ask a guy, hey, are you ready for me to hit you right now before I hit you? And that's crazy. I'm going to mess around and get hurt trying to protect an offensive player because he's running an over route. Damn it, your quarterback shouldn't have threw that ball messed up. That happened two years ago. That's I, I'm, I'm not joking at all. Andy Dalton threw a ball to Tyler Eifert two years ago. Tyler Eifert had to die for it. I was aiming for his gut. But if he don't die, if he don't get in the head, that's 50 grand out of my pocket, though. Because Andy throws a bad ball. Make that make sense. And at first you're taking our money, but now, you know, I got like Matt Hasselbeck calling me a dirty player and trying my character, and we've never met before. I donate more money to Cincinnati underprivileged kids than probably the people on the Bengals. So don't give me that name. My nephew goes to school there, man. I take all that personally. If you don't know me, if you never had a conversation with me, don't judge us by what you see on football, because football is my competitive side. You know what I'm saying? So it's just so much going on in the game right now. Yes, obviously I'm a little flustered, but I mean we just got to do better. We got to do better. I said it yesterday. We got to do better as players when we sign the next CBA. We got to get better leadership as who's running the league because obviously everybody from fans, owners, players, all disappointed in Roger Goodell. Um, we just we just got to do better. We can't have a guy where you just hand out discipline on how you see fit. There needs to be a set guideline of how we do what we do. Awesome rant by Mike Mitchell, who covered the NFL being flag football, being fined for over-the-top hits, hating Matt Hasselbeck, and how they're upset with Roger Goodell. we got to do better at the next CBA. couple of things to get to with, with, with Mike Mitchell's rant, because it was awesome, and it laid a lot of stuff out there. I understand his flag football 
opinion. He's a safety. He's been a safety his whole career. I understand the fines that he's got to pay. I get it. And and from what from Mike Mitchell's perspective, of course, he's right. But what Mitchell has to realize, and this is something many defensive players don't realize, the NFL is not for you. You are a necessary evil. You are playing a rigged game. Yes, you can play and have fun and win championships and make a lot of money and, and, and follow your dream, but realize the game is not for you. The game is made for the offensive players because points on the scoreboard equal interest, equal relevancy, equal eyeballs, equals fantasy football, equals everything. The NFL is about offense. It's not about defense. No rules have ever been put in place to make it harder for the offense to score. Rules have always been put in place to make it harder for the defense to cover offensive players. And it's awesome the way that DCs and players can adjust their techniques and strategies to be able to cover that, and we can still have lights-out defenses even at this time in the National Football League. You know, I, I thought the the bygone days of the very early Seattle Seahawks teams of the of the early teens, rather in 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 the the time frame here, we're not going to see that. But then we've seen the Broncos become a lights out defense and win a title based on that. It's great, but the NFL is about offense. They need points on the board. They need excitement because excitement equals relevancy ratings. Everything. Everybody gets fat. What did I say about the SEC? When elite SEC teams play each other, the games are boring. Because nobody scores at games are 21-7, 23-17, 16-13, and they're not exciting. This is just not the way football is consumed anymore. Do we need to see games? Do we still watch Texas Tech and Wyoming because the game's 54-48? All right, not so much, but we like the high-scoring games. We'd rather see USC and Washington or USC and Penn State go up and go 41-38 than we'd rather see Alabama and Auburn go 16-13. That's just the way it is. People are always going to watch SEC football. They're always going to because of the teams and the fan base. College football is rabid in the South, and it's awesome that they love it. But when it gets to the NFL, and you come to talk about, it's about offense. Ray Lewis thinks, oh, why? I don't know why all these changes get made. To... It's because the NFL's not for you. You have to realize it's not for defensive players. Yeah, as Mike Mitchell goes through this, there's a number of great points, and I think we've already talked about the CBA and the need for strength and unity. That'll never happen because guys at different ends of the life cycle of a player's career between years three and 10, you know, they're going to have different interests that need to be served. And there's going to be a different level of information that is disseminated and processed by each of them along the way. So you're never going to get to that, but it's good in theory. Now, when we come down to defensive players, this is another case of, I would at least hope that maybe Mitchell's one of the leaders to say, okay, we need a clear definition of where we're headed here. Not that you're going to make rules to help us in any way, but we got to know, you know, where we stand, especially the way that justice was, was put out this week in three different cases, a couple in that Steelers Bengals game on Monday night, but it all jumps off with the Rob Gronkowski play from Sunday that that's where the lens everybody's viewing these other punishments through right now of, all right, play was stopped, interception happened, play's over, Gronkowski has a tantrum and drills a guy, gives him a concussion. He gets one game. Juju Smith-Schuster called for unnecessary roughness, but still in the context of a play and up until recently, a hit that would have been legal. Here he's flagged, but gets a one-game suspension that gets upheld. 
Why? Because he talked? If he would have run like hell in the opposite direction, would would that have been okay? Oh, I laid him out and I knew it, so... I walk away. So I walk away and, and that doesn't get him the suspension? Because Iloka lays out Antonio Brown and makes the argument in his appeal of, hey, he changed his body position. I wouldn't have hit him in the head if he had just come through as he was. And you could, I think most defenders, if we slow it down and we get it from the right angle, are going to be able to make that argument almost every time. Yet they're not going to get that benefit of the doubt. Here, Iloka did. But I, I think it comes down to that of, all right, let's at least get some consistency of how you're looking at things. And when you do have a play like Gronkowski's, let's make sure that you put out the punishment that's just, that it's not equal to just a regular hit. Because Juju Smith-Schuster's a rookie. He's got no history in the league where he's saying, you know, bad guy. You know, he's, he's been all over the field. He's been causing a lot of problems. So we've got to throw the book at him. No, he talked over Montez Burfick, a guy that the Twitterverse did everything they could to tell good, you. Good, glad he got it. Yeah, yeah, beat sure. it. Antonio Brown with sure. the, yeah, he had it coming. Sure. You know, kind of thing. He I'm, had paying, it coming. I'm paying his fine. He had it yeah, coming. now we're getting into the musical Chicago deep into the night. But and I just, just wanted to do Ricky Martin and George Iloka. He will lay you out. Tackled by George Iloka. Sorry, go ahead. Did that. Sh- That'll show up Sunday, maybe, since he didn't get suspended. Uh, you know, on Fantasy Zone, on probably going to get a little bit loose. Directv, a lot of things show up that we don't get to during the week. A lot of things. Here show it is. Up on he queued it up for you. I leave it to you. In three, two. He's in to illegal hits, getting fines and appealing them. Smith Schuster also standing over. All right, I'm not going to keep going. It takes too long to get to Yeah, no, it's a long buildup. We got to let it we'll go. We'll have to cut we that. That'll be a director's cut for another time. You got to let it go. You got to go. You got to go. It's too long to get to playing with tackled by George Iloka. Coming up in one minute, speaking of the big Mike Mitchell rant, he spent some time talking about Roger Goodell and his contract extension. Coming up next, I'll tell you something about NFL owners that makes them different from everybody else in the world. That's in a minute. But first, tackled by George Iloka, Tom Looney with What's Trending. Once you scrape the bottom of the barrel, what's down there? Everyone's always talking about scraping the bottom of the barrel. Well, apparently there's an Alabama football coach down there. Fox Sports Radio has learned at this late hour, Alabama defensive coordinator Jeremy Pruitt is expected to become the next head football coach at Tennessee. This deal could be announced as early as tomorrow, as in Thursday. This is according to, well, according to May. How are you? Cavaliers won again. Field will launch a drifting three. He missed it, and this game is over. The Cleveland Cavaliers have tied a franchise record with consecutive win number 13 as they grind it out tonight and knock off the Kings by the final of 101-95. John Michael with the call on one of America's great rock and roll stations. When they're not playing rock and roll, they're playing Cavaliers games on WMMS. Cleveland, LeBron James, 32 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists. Last NBA game of the night ended just a short time ago. The Timberwolves and Clippers in La La 3.5 seconds left. Timberwolves just need to inbound and this ball game is over. 
The horn will sound here at Staples Center, and the Timberwolves have come away with a 113-107 to 107 Love victory. playing Timberwolves highlights because my friend Alan Horton from the Fox Sports Radio Alumni Association calls their games on the Minnesota Timberwolves Radio Network. If you need more NBA scores, check out www.foxsports.com. And now we forge forth into the night with more high-carbohydrate sports talk with Jason Smith and Michael Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Studios, thank you, Mr. Looney. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. I mean, you know, Mike Harmon tonight, I, I, you know, listen, I, I tell you all the time, I kill people on Twitter every night. That's what I do. And tonight is like the Tennessee fans out like shooting fish in a barrel tonight. I had one guy get really upset at me a couple minutes ago about my take on Tennessee, that it's a bad job. And he goes on this whole thing and he says, oh, the number one sign your job is bad is when how about a fresca says, after the coffee, I'll need you to rub my feet. Number one, that's not a job. Number two, I go to the guy's Twitter page, doesn't even have a shirt on in his Twitter avatar. Doesn't have a shirt on. On Twitter. Didn't put a shirt on. He's living and he's free. He's out there and he's loving nope, it. Don't have a shirt on. Don't, no, no, no. You mean, I I, uh, I don't need a shirt. Nope, don't have a shirt on. I mean, really. I, mean, I don't I, judge him any any harsher for that. I am undefeated. Uh, undefeated on Twitter. I'm undefeated. I think it always comes down to this. When you've got a loyal fan base, they're going to be outraged. They're going to take it personally. Yeah, I understand. That's an F, right? But you have to realize <laughs> that Tennessee, you talk to like 15 people. You offer the job to seven. Finally, you get a guy to say yes. Jeremy Pruitt, Alabama defensive coordinator. And maybe he's a great hire. No, and that's... But come on, you got to realize. Wait, just suddenly, oh, no, now everything is great. No, realize what you just went through. 24 hours ago, did you not see pictures of Les Miles everywhere? <laughs> As the there next pictures of everybody. High... Mel Tucker pictures were everywhere. It's pictures of everybody. Mike Leach's parrot was all over the place. <laughs> Who's that sucker with a parrot on his shoulder? He was ready to take over. I mean, just realize that. Realize it's not successful if you go to the prom if 15 girls say no and then you get somebody to say yes. No, no, that's that's still it's a not successful. Night. No, it's not. It's not because who are you asking if you're down to the, if you're asking the 15th person? Still made the first bracket. That's. <laughs> Sweet 16. <laughs> we just have an eliminator. Maybe that's how Tennessee should hire the next head coach. You just have 16 people in the fans vote and you move on, and the guy left gets the job if he wants it. You said that like it's a bad thing. Uh, so Roger Goodell gets his contract extension, a five years, $200 million. And you heard Mike Mitchell, epic rant, awesome stuff on Roger Goodell, and already people are upset that he keeps his job. The last five years for the NFL have not been good years. Their ratings are down. The last two years' ratings are down. The image of the league is in the toilet. Absolutely in the toilet. Why? Because of many decisions Roger Goodell has made regarding jurisprudence. None of the players trust him. None of the players like him. When his name comes up, he's a bad headline. Despite all of this, Arthur Blank and the other owners on the Ownership Contract Approval Committee approved a deal for him for five years and $200 million. Dollars. I guess it's a microcosm of America where you go, well, the last five years have been pretty bad. Yeah, and we've had this go bad and this go bad and this go bad. Eh, let's give the guy another five years. I mean, I get that Goodell has made money. I understand. Everybody says the same thing, but look at what the teams are worth. Look at what. You know what? Everything is going up. 
Baseball teams aren't worth less than they were five years ago. They've gone up. This stuff has gone up, not even arithmetically, but geometrically. You are seeing the value of franchise. We had Jason call on the show last hour, and he said, you know what the average value of an NFL franchise was seven years ago? It was a billion dollars. Now it's $2.3 billion. Yeah, the Clippers were going to be sold for $750 million, and Steve Ballmer bought them for $2 billion. The price of everything is going up exponentially. It's like what real estate was for the 90s and most of the 2000s till, till the boom hit. You, were seeing, you are seeing this. Of course, values of franchises are going up. This is, the, this is what it is. No, it's a very small fraternity of owning franchises. Franchises, and no one's losing money. No one's losing all kinds of cash. No franchise is saying, boy, we got to go out of business. They're all expanding because sports, the last passion of, of programming, live programming you need to see, sports are popular. So I get it. But you can't tell me that because Roger Goodell is at the helm, this is unprecedented growth because you know what? It was growing for a long time. You know, ratings for Monday Night Football, you, you know, they would, get, they would get 30 million people for Monday Night Football when Paul Tagliabue was commissioner. Okay, now I get there's more choices now, but Monday Night Football is still Monday Night Football. And now you're down to 10 million, you know, or, or, or 12 million or 15. You're down. And, but this is not something that's unique to Roger Goodell. But they all see the dollar signs and see what their franchise says. Let's give this guy more time. What's it going to take? How many more years of the ratings going down? Jerry Jones saying, hey, wait a minute. Maybe we shouldn't give this guy five years. I thought it would be one year or they give him a, a year extension. To go, okay, it's not a lame duck year, but you got to turn things around in the next year. But now five years? What's he going to do? He's going to finish his contract and go, yeah, I'm done. I'm walking away. And watch what happens. You think the NFL is going to pull itself out of this tailspin? No, because Roger Goodell hasn't been able to do it. It's gonna, you're going to see ratings erode. You're going to see relations between the players and the owners and the front office and the NFL. They're going to continue to erode. And it's because Roger Goodell is a bad headline for the NFL. Well, I think one of the biggest things to all of this is we, we keep talking about the players and the relationship to owners and the CBA is brought up by Mike Mitchell and others is it's the NBA model that I think there are, there's the aspiration to but when you start multiplying it out, as we've talked about, it's different when you're talking 12 to 15 guys per team, right, as you talk about your overflow on the bench and injury replacements, whatever, versus 53-plus in the National Football League with the number of vested players in it all. And for the NBA, you've got a very vocal and active leadership of the best players in the game. So they're pushing for not necessarily ownership, but partnership with how the league is structured. NFL players don't have enough to get themselves together to get to that point. So they're always operating from a, the owners are going to be above them no matter what they do, which is always going to be at the crux of, of the disagreements. So it's trying to bridge that gap as you go, get more of policy and procedure in place, which is begun Right? It's not, not an easy journey. You and I have been tormenting the guys in the hallway and, mm-hmm. and, and the women in the hallway with Hamilton uh, lyrics. Obviously not an easy thing to, uh, to found a country, let alone go and, and try to undo all the stuff that Paul Tagliabue, well, didn't. From so any... what did I miss? No, that's just what it. What did I miss? Hey, I had to go for the easy pop culture. <laughs> Uh, you tie know, as we went here. I haven't been around since the late 80s. <laughs> Where you're trying to build policy from scratch uh-huh. when you, you've got a lot of holes between what happens 
in the legal system versus how you want to protect the shield and everything else. One thing that is interesting, though, is a note that Goodell's contract only calls for some 4 to $6 million of guaranteed money each year. So when we throw out the $40 million, that means they all have to vote to improve the incentives. So that still could get dicey here over these next couple of years in terms of how much of that $200 million he actually sees. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, a play of the night, and it's a play of the night we saw coming a month ago. I'm so excited. Uh, it's not about you, Tim. I'm very, very excited No, no, about no it. don't play Phil. It's next on Fox. Uh, Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Great news. You want to save money? Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Been been a big night tonight, and we spent a lot of time talking about the bad job that is Tennessee. And now, you know, you're right, Mike Harmon. New people are sampling our program all the time, and in the last few minutes, there's been a big run on the, wait a minute, Steph Curry's a system quarterback? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm going to go back and find the original audio in the archives, and we'll we'll trot that out. We went through this two years ago, all right, or a year and a half ago. Tonight, we watched the Warriors boat race their way to a huge win over the Hornets, their first game without Steph Curry, who's going to be out a couple of weeks with an ankle sprain. Kevin Durant led the way, triple-double, big night from him, and look, you can say what you want, and... Steph Curry is a fantastic player, but he is a system quarterback. He became a great player when Steve Kerr showed up with his system. That's when he went from a guy scoring 22 points a game who was a good player, who was a periphery top 15 NBA player. Steve Kerr arrives, and suddenly he goes from scoring 22 a game, now he's scoring 28 a game. His assists are up, his rebounds are up, and oh, by the way, in the three years he's had Steve Kerr, they've won the West three times, been to three straight finals, and won the finals twice. The years before Steve Kerr showed up, the Warriors finished 13th, 12th, 13th, 6th, and 6th in the Western Conference. They don't miss Steph Curry. The Warriors are a machine. That's what I mean by Steph Curry being a system quarterback. He could play well on any team, but on the Warriors, he's phenomenal because they have figured out the best way to be able to utilize his skill set of hitting threes, a ball up and down the floor. They've been able to do that, but they could replace any of their stars, and their supporting cast would get in, and you would not miss a beat on them for the entire regular season and the first couple rounds of the playoffs. You could play without Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or Draymond Green or Klay Thompson any night, and they would still win by 15 points because the Warriors are that stacked, they're that loaded, they're that much of a machine. Sean Livingston steps in, Andre Iguodala steps in. That's how they play, ball movement coming off screens. That's what they do. That's the Warriors have done since Steve Kerr showed up. So you can't tell me, oh, you were just existing without without Steve Kerr. You were existing without him, and now look where you are. So you can't sit here and say, oh, look, you're fine without Steph Curry. You're going to boat race your way through wins until he comes back like it's been. No, and that, but that's what you saw over the last week plus, right? Steve Kerr and everybody going out clubbing. They said that that East Coast swing got things right and and re- renewed their mentality. And 
first week of December, you shouldn't need to go to the well to that. But if you do, that's all fine and good. You'll have to do it again as the grind of the regular season hits you. But they're deep. You you know, for them, for the Cavs, for other front-running teams, you're able to start tinkering with your lineups and your substitution patterns and everything else to just give guys different looks and get them ready for all sorts of different circumstances in the event that one of your big players is out for a longer period of time. Meanwhile, our play of the night brought to you by Geico. It was a month ago when everybody wanted to sound the alarm and say, oh, my God, the Cavaliers are in trouble. Oh, they're 5-5. Five and five. They don't play defense well. They're never going to get out of this. Yeah. We exercised caution and said, take it easy. This team will be fine. Relax. They're coming off the three straight finals. They're bored. They'll start out slow. They will be fine. And, oh, by the way, Isaiah Thomas still hasn't played for him. Uh, even before getting him back, I think things are okay, and this is why the Cavs get the play of the night. Heald will launch a drifting three. He missed it, and this game is over. The Cleveland Cavaliers have tied a franchise record with consecutive win number 13 as they grind it out tonight and knock off the Kings by the final of 101-95. Cleveland! Cavs Radio Network on the call, so 13 in a row, and now the same people who wanted to say, oh, things are terrible, they're going to be saying, Will they lose a game when Isaiah Thomas comes back? Same people, Mike Harmon. Same people. They'll they'll relax. You think they will? No. (laughs) Because they'll move on to the next next exciting part of this process. Ben Mal is next on Fox. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol Jean. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? 
facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.